This podcast sponsored by Cherry Hill Volvo. A Cherry Hill Volvo and XC40 can be leased for as low as $459. And an XC90 leased for as low as $629. The Cherry Hill Volvo offers are very aggressive. Spring into Cherry Hill Volvo for incredibly fabulous offers. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, 3 Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Oh, man, Tony Bobulinski is speaking big time. That's Hunter Biden's former business partner, Tony Bobulinski, by the way, who's saying, bottom line is this, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden enabled the uh, selling of the United States of America to our most dangerous adversaries in the world including China, Russia, and more. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. It is Tuesday, a snowy Tuesday. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Yeah, so remember yesterday on the show I was telling you that the White House can't have it both ways. On the one hand, they're slamming the special counsel report, and they're saying, come on, this is mean. You're not a doctor. You don't know that Biden is losing his mind. He's sharp, all right? He's sharp. At the same time, they go, um, and we're, but we're not going to give you the transcripts. We're not going to release anything. We're not going to give you any details. We're going to give you nothing. So they want to have it both ways. They want to they use the excuse that Biden is a feeble old man who forgets things to cover up for the corruption. And then at the same time, they don't want you thinking he's a feeble old man. So that's why they're not going to release the transcripts. So they're trying to have it both ways, and it's not working for them. Because the bottom line is that all those classified documents that the special counsel's report shared with everybody shows that Biden had those documents and was using them, oh, just about the same time that Hunter was making all this money in Ukraine. And Hunter's an idiot, obviously. So there's no way Hunter was able to give a briefing on Ukrainian national security policies. And there's no way he was able to talk about Ukrainian energy prospects without getting that information from somebody. And the information he got it from was his dad because they briefed his dad in advance of his meeting with the president of Ukraine at the time. So all those classified documents that were in Joe Biden's possession, most likely Hunter had eyeballs on them at some point, maybe other things on them besides just his eyeballs. But anyway, uh, but they're saying that Biden's just a feeble old man. So don't worry about it. All right. Don't worry about it and don't even think about it and just just move on. OK, just move on from all that. But at the same time, you're not going to get any transcripts and you're not going to see anything. So we're not going to share anything with you. It's kind of like Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley exposed herself once again by saying that Russia's never attacked a single NATO country as everybody's piling on Trump about his comments about NATO. And she said Russia's never attacked a single NATO country before. OK, well, then if that's the case, then doesn't that kind of take away your entire argument that Trump's going to that? I mean, Putin's going to win in Ukraine and then roll into Europe and take over Europe because they're all NATO members and they're not paying their dues, but they're NATO members. So isn't isn't your point then a, a moot point? If Putin's never attacked a NATO country, and that's Nikki Haley's argument. 
of why we have to stand with NATO, even if the members don't pay, well, then what are you worried about? He's just going to end at Ukraine. He's not going to go into NATO. As you said it yourself, he's never attacked a NATO country before. So talk about that. Obviously, the uh, the big news that broke this morning was that the United States Senate passed the ninety five billion dollar foreign aid package to Ukraine and to Taiwan and to Israel. Ninety five billion dollars. And of course, now, if you were against it, it's because you want Putin to win. You're pro Putin, blah, 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 blah. And Rand Paul said it best when he said, this is a giant middle finger to everybody in the United States of America. A giant middle finger. But let's begin with the opening statement by Mr. Anthony Bobolinsky. Transcribed interview before the Committee on Oversight and Accountability, United States House of Representatives, Committee on the Judiciary, February 13th, 2024. Hot off the presses. Chairman, ranking members, and members of Congress, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. I'm happy that the American people will finally hear the facts and evidence that I've been trying to outline for over four years, all backed up and supported by emails, texts, documents, records, pictures, and other evidence. The facts we are going to discuss today are important for America's national security, and I can only hope that everyone in this room and all representatives and officers of the U.S. government take them seriously. My name is Tony Bubalinski. I'm a proud American citizen who has honorably served in the United States in several capacities. For over six years, I was an officer in the United States Navy's elite naval nuclear power training command as a decorated master training specialist instructor. I later served as the command's chief technology officer where I held a Q security clearance from the Department of Energy and from the National Security Agency. When I left there, I was the number one ranked direct input officer in the entire command in my final Navy fitness report. I'm here today out of duty to God and country in a nonpartisan manner with only one party in mind. The party I serve with honor and gratitude, the United States of America. Well, I've made a few campaign contributions over the years to Democrats, such as Congressman Ro Khanna, a member of the Oversight Committee. I'm not a political person. I come from a family with a long history of distinguished service in our nation's military. I grew up the son of a career naval officer whom I love dearly. And he goes on to say that I share all this because they are through the lens which I view this exceptional country and my responsibilities. And for nearly four years, I've tried to tell the American people the truth about serious corruption at the very top of the government. In return, I've been falsely accused of being a purveyor of Russian disinformation and a political surrogate. My continuous efforts to inform the American people the facts have been actively suppressed by both the United States government and the so-called mainstream media. I want to be crystal clear from my direct personal experience and what I have subsequently come to learn. It is clear to me that Joe Biden was the brand being sold by the Biden family, his family's foreign influence peddling operation from China to Ukraine and elsewhere, sold out to foreign actors who were seeking to gain influence and access to Joe Biden and the United States government. Joe Biden was more than a participant in and beneficiary of the family's business. He was an enabler, despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability. The only reason any of these international business transactions took place with tens of millions of dollars flowing directly to the Biden family was because Joe Biden was in high office. The Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. Other key players have made this point clear as well. 
Hunter Biden himself has adamantly stated in a variety of communications, as did another Biden family business associate, Devin Archer, in his testimony last year. Foreign nationals on the other side of these transactions, including from China, Ukraine, Romania, have also explained how and why these transactions took place. Once again, I would call that extensive evidence. The Chinese Communist Party, through its surrogate China Energy Company Limited, successfully sought to infiltrate and compromise Joe Biden and the Obama-Biden White House. The process started in the fourth quarter of 2015 and continued through when Joe Biden left office in January 2017 to March of 2018, when the chairman was detained for corruption in China, never to be seen again. On October 21, 2015, Joe Biden announced that he would not seek the presidency in 2016. It is not a coincidence that CEFC's aggressive approach to the Biden family happened around the same time. It is also not a coincidence that the Chinese energy company used the Biden family's weakest link, Hunter Biden, and the promise of large sums of money to the tunes of millions of dollars and eventually the profits from investing billions of dollars in the United States and around the world. Joe Biden was aware. He knew about the Chinese Communist Party's infiltration. Joe Biden knew about that. Joe Biden's immediate family members were enriched to the tune of tens of millions of dollars from some of our most dangerous adversaries, including the Chinese Communist Party and players from Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Kazakhstan and other foreign nations and entities. It is my educated belief, dating back to Q clearance briefings I received in the Navy and continuing through recent discussions with experts that under U.S. corruption laws, political office holders can be held as responsible as the immediate family members who are receiving money directly. This makes common sense, and Americans understand this. The Biden family, Joe, Joe's son Hunter and his brother Jim, knowingly and aggressively defrauded me, tried to f- frame Tony Bobolinsky. And he says, United States law enforcement appears to have been singularly unwilling to speak with me or hear the facts that I will be discussing today. And he goes on to say, it's very crystal clear that the Biden family is corrupt. Oof, not good. He's been trying to tell the American people, trying to tell the American people the truth about the Bidens, and they just won't let him speak. And they also, the law enforcement, if you can call it that, I mean, it's the the police state in this country. They don't want to hear from him because obviously that would implicate the president. So you're left to the House Republicans to do it themselves. And the Biden family corruption goes back a very long time. I mean, it goes back to before Joe Biden was ever vice president. Joe Biden was a senator in Delaware, and he was enriching his relatives. But the Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. That's it. That was it. And he also said it's very curious there was no effort by David Weiss on the Department of Justice to even sit down with this career former naval officer. They wouldn't even talk to him. That's what he's saying. They wouldn't even talk to Tony Bobolinsky. Turned over his phones, turned everything over to the government. They did nothing. Gave it all the FBI. They did nothing. They did nothing with it. And he corroborated everything with emails. He had WhatsApp chats. He had emails, documents. He had evidence. Evidence the American people could see for themselves. But nobody cared because it was October of 2020. It was an election year. And we were about to be played in a big, big way. By the kind-hearted old man in the basement who never wanted to go outside and get covid 
or give COVID to anybody. So he hid in his basement. And when all this came out, when the Hunter Biden laptop story came out, when Tony Bobolinsky started speaking, everybody told you it was Russian disinformation. The corporate media, big tech, the government, the unholy triad, they did their thing. And they convinced you and convinced everybody that, yes, this was Russian disinformation. Well, maybe they didn't convince you because you're smart. And we know now that it was all true. We know now that the Hunter Biden laptop was real. I mean, we knew then. Tony Bobolinsky's testimony today was apparently blistering on Capitol Hill. Blistering. And the other thing about this, too, is that for all these years that Joe Biden has been trying to pretend like he's not corrupt, everybody's known about his corruption. But they hit it in 2020 because they had to beat Donald Trump no matter what. They had to do it. They had to do it. Tony Bobulinski had text messages that prove that he met Joe Biden in May 2017, twice before he left the vice presidency. So they had to do whatever they had to do to get rid of Trump. And that meant that making sure that Joe Biden would win. They had to make sure of that. So they had to bury all this. Problem, though, now is that they know Joe Biden's going to lose. So now all this stuff is coming to the surface. And the question is, what do they do with it? What do they do with it? You know, as the impeachment starts to heat up of Joe Biden and all this comes out, the, the question you got to ask yourself is, is it is it now when the Democrats begin to pounce and get rid of this guy? Because don't forget who gets implicated in all this is Barack Obama. I mean, this was his White House. This happened on his watch. It was his White House. It was his vice president selling out the White House for access to Ukraine and China and everything else. It was him doing all these things. So I guess the question then becomes, did Joe Biden, I mean, did Barack Obama know about this? Is that is that why he told him not to run? Is that why they chose Hillary Clinton over Joe Biden? And then in 2020, they had no choice because they knew Hillary Clinton would lose. And they figured, all right, Biden's old and he's feeble and there's no evidence coming out. And we can just we can just we can just move forward with this, you know, make everybody vote from home, lockdowns and, and we'll kind old man in the basement. No more mean tweets. And that's the end of it. Problem, though, is that all this now is coming out, and as all this comes out, you can't hide Joe Biden in the basement anymore. Now, look, maybe you might say to yourself, the American people don't care about any of this. Maybe the American people just don't care, but I disagree. I think the American people do care. I think the American people care. I think they think Joe Biden's corrupt. They also think Joe Biden's too old. They also think Joe Biden is uh, is senile. They also think the economy stinks. I think you put all these, these things together, and it's a very, very problematic day for Joe Biden as president. It's very problematic. He's the brand. And, you know, people may tolerate corruption if they're making a lot of money. Because they turn around and they go, ah, you know what? I mean, what the heck? They're all corrupt. But when you're hurting personally, you hear that the president was an enabler, was making all this money using his name, using his office. That's when people start to say, this is too much. And I think this is just rude. I think it's rude, quite frankly. You're enriching yourself. And here I am struggling with my family. Tony Bobolinsky's testimony today may be ignored by the so-called corporate media. But then again, there's so many different outlets now for people to get the message across that maybe it doesn't matter what the corporate media covers anymore. There's a reason why Joe Biden's poll numbers are as bad as they are. There's a reason for this. And obviously what the reason is is because people understand and can see with their own eyes what's happening. All of these, um, these Biden family associates... And all the linkage between Hunter and Ukraine and the Chinese energy conglomerate and then the classified documents and the fact that Hunter probably had access to those classified documents, which is what how he was able to appear smart. You know, the Fredo of the family was able to appear smart before Ukraine. 
because he was using briefings prepared for the vice president prior to his meeting with the president of Ukraine. And Hunter Biden told his, his, his business people, he told them, he said, my dad's going there next week. So let's go. You start paying him money. Joe Biden goes to Ukraine. He demands that the prosecutor just happens to be investigating Ukraine gets fired. That's a big deal. Most people would think that's a big deal. 86% of people think Joe Biden's too old for another term. Joe Biden is too old for another term. But he's also too corrupt for another term. And I think that that's going to come out too. I think people think that. Remember, the entire point of Joe Biden's presidency, his campaign in 2020, was kind old man in the basement. Kind old man in the basement who's not going to do mean tweets, and that's what America was looking for, apparently. You know, they'd had it with Trump, they'd had it with all of his comments, and they just wanted some civility and normalcy. And now people are turning around and going, there's nothing civil or normal about any of this. And as all this comes out and you keep thinking about the poll numbers in the states that matter, not the national polls, but the states that matter. And you look at all these things and you say to yourself, how does he how does he catch up? Stock market's having the worst day in history. Consumer price index is up again on everything, including food. And once again, Americans are struggling with this. The White House is trying to say, oh, no, the economy is great. You just got to wait. He's got to wait. You'll see. Oh, you'll see with your own eyes. Don't you worry. It's going to be good. It's going to be okay. And I also believe that people have a hard time with all this foreign money going overseas. I really do. And that's the big story of the day today brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile. You deserve a beautiful smile, and Dr. Mike Venaria will give it to you. I don't think the American people like the idea that $95 billion of our money is going overseas again. There's a lot of problems here in this country, and I think people just think to themselves, couldn't that money be used here? And with the bulk of that money going to Ukraine— and then they keep hearing about how this is the most consequential vote they've ever had to do. And they, they just have to do this. And I don't know. I think people turn around and go, no, enough, enough already. I think the American people are not as stupid as the media thinks that they are. And I think we sometimes forget that people are smarter than we give them credit for in many cases as well. And I think they know what's happening, and I think they turn around to themselves and they say, how is it that we're struggling and this money's going overseas and this guy got rich off of using his office and enriching himself, and now he's too senile to even appear in court? And they turn around and they see how the way that Trump's getting attacked every single day by some legal vicinage somewhere. I think people are more savvy than we give them credit for, and I think that they have a problem with all of this. I really do. You know, they see these um, illegal immigrants beating up cops and then walking down, giving the finger as they, you know, as, as, as they go to get, you know, leave and run away. I don't think they like it. I think they see what's happening at the border with their own eyes. I don't think they like it. I think it's very easy to think that we're the only ones talking about this stuff, but I don't think that's the case. As I always tell you with the whole issue of uh, transgender athletes, for example, you know, Woke corporations would have you believe that, yeah, you know, everybody loves the idea of a biological male competing against a, a girl in, in college swimming or whatever. No, they don't. Suburban moms and suburban dads, whether they voted for Trump or not, they don't like it. I'm telling you that. They don't like it. We have to remember sometimes that more people think like we do. They're just silent. I mean, this, the phrase silent majority is a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. And the reason is because it's true. People are just afraid to speak out in many cases because the, the vitriol that comes after them. I mean, the bots and everything else, the way that they're attacked. And also, too, because they just don't want to get canceled from their job. 
you know, they have to hushed whispers in the workplace. They're just afraid. But they see what's happening and they know what's happening. Here's Biden, uh, who says today for Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding in Ukraine. History is watching. Well, guess what? The voters are watching, too. And the voters don't want this, which is why Trump has such a massive lead over Nikki Haley, who's the candidate that does, by the way. Take a listen. Bill provides urgent funding for Ukraine so it can keep defending itself against Putin's vicious, vicious onslaught. We've all seen the terrible stories in recent weeks. Ukrainian soldiers out of artillery shells, Ukrainian units rationing rounds of ammunition to defend themselves, Ukrainian families worried that the next Russian strike will permanently plunge them into darkness or worse. This bipartisan bill sends a clear message to Ukrainians and to our partners and to our allies around the world. America can be trusted. America can be relied upon. And America stands up for freedom. We stand strong for our allies. We never bow down to anyone and certainly not to Vladimir Putin. So let's get on with this. Remember, the United States pulled together a coalition of nearly 50 nations to support Ukraine. We unified NATO, expanded it. We can't walk away now. That's what Putin's betting on. He's, he just flatly said that. Supporting this bill is standing up to Putin. Opposing it is playing into Putin's hands. As I've said before, the stakes in this fight extend far beyond Ukraine. If we don't stop Putin's appetite for power and control in Ukraine, he won't limit himself just to Ukraine. And the cost for America and our allies and partners is going to rise. For Republicans in Congress who think they can oppose funding for Ukraine and not be held accountable, history is watching. History is watching. History is watching. Failure to support Ukraine at this critical no, moment three will times, never it be true. forgotten. Uh, if you say it three times, it makes it true. History is watching. History is watching. History is watching. Now, think of how much Nikki Haley sounds like Joe Biden. I really, I mean this, think, think of, and that you understand exactly why the, the establishment would be fine with a Nikki Haley presidency. Here's Nikki Haley talking about NATO, and I want you to think if you can hear the way that she's completely destroyed her own argument about why we have to stop Putin now. Take a listen. It's important for Joe Biden and Congress to tell the American people why they should care, to give them the other side. And you don't hear that. The other side is that NATO's been a 75-year success story. We have not had war in the region. And if you look, Russia has never invaded a NATO country. They've invaded Georgia. They've invaded Ukraine. They've invaded Moldova. So we want to make sure that, yes, do we want NATO to pay more? Of course we do. But the last thing we're going to do is side with a... We side with a thug like Putin. The clip gets cut off at the end for some reason, but side with a thug like Putin. Now, if if Putin's never invaded or attacked a NATO country before, but the argument is he won't stop in Ukraine, he will then go into NATO. Haven't you just completely canceled out your argument? You start there by saying the strength of NATO is that we've ne- Putin's never attacked a NATO country. And then you turn around and say, but we have to stop Putin because if he goes through Ukraine, he's then going to start attacking NATO countries. But you just said he's never attacked a NATO country. So why would he? Your argument is he doesn't because he's afraid of NATO. But now you're telling us that he's not afraid of NATO and he's going to keep attacking NATO countries. He's going to start attacking NATO countries, I should say. So which is it? Which is it? 
And if really, if truly, if that's the case, if that's the case where Vladimir Putin needs to be stopped now, because finally, for the first time ever, he's now going to start attacking NATO countries. So we have to stop him now before it's World War Three and American blood is spilled. Then should shouldn't Congress pass a resolution to that fact? Shouldn't they debate that and come up with a conclusion that you have to stop Vladimir Putin no matter what? It, it's, it, it is in America's absolute Im- imperative because sending them these little piecemeal checks clearly isn't doing it. So if that is the case. Shouldn't Congress have to debate that, pass a resolution and say, yep, we are hell bent on stopping Vladimir Putin no matter what it takes. He cannot be allowed to win Ukraine. And if that's the case, then we got a we got a whole other conversation to have, which is how do we do it? Because just sending them checks and munitions certainly doesn't seem to be doing it, especially because that money gets laundered. But you see, I don't believe that they really think that. I think that that's how they're playing us. I think they know that Putin's not going to go and attack NATO because they just said as much. On the one hand, NATO's the greatest thing ever because it's kept Putin at bay. On the other hand, Putin's going to roll right into NATO. So then what's the point of NATO? Ah, you see how they wind up stepping on their own argument, these people? It's amazing. Rand Paul put it best, though, when he said this is a giant finger to the American people. I'll share that with you as well as the show continues. It is a busy, busy Tuesday. Stocks fall and hotter than expected inflation data. Worst day so far for the year for the stock market. We'll have all that covered for you and more. Plus, Bill Maher tells woke celebrities who threaten to leave the country, get out. We're coming right back. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Ah, there it is. Okay. Family. I was wondering, Henry. There you go. I always wonder, you know, where you're coming from with the return music. You always nail it. I just got to wait. I got to figure it out. I wasn't even going that deep. I was just... (laughs) You're talking about war, going to war. This song is about war. (laughs) Oh, I thought you were talking about Biden's family. That works out too. Your family, so. or that Biden is a zombie, literally a walking yeah, you know zombie. Yeah, all these. I, I, you know what? I thought I thought of all of these when I played the song. Actually, yeah, yeah. all just all of the above. Yeah, all of them. Well done. Thank you. You're welcome. Excellent. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten is the number if you would like to weigh in today. 
everything we are chatting about. Uh, we're going to talk to EJ and Tony about the state of the economy a little bit later in the show, but inflation is still a thing, and it's not going away anytime soon. So there you go. And tomorrow's Valentine's Day, so you're probably going to be paying more for chocolates and flowers because you're paying more for everything. The consumer price index is heating up in a big, big way. But let's think about something real quick now. As we, uh, as we think about your money going overseas, $95 billion of this, of your money going overseas right now as we speak, right now in this moment going overseas, and you think about this notion that we have to stop Vladimir Putin because if we don't stop Putin, history will judge us because, you know, he's the next Hitler and he's going to roll into NATO and roll into Europe. And then why isn't Europe then paying their NATO bills? I mean, it just seems to be an obvious question. If you it's, think about the mafia in the terms of the old days with the neighborhood protection. You know what I mean? They'd come into they come into the neighborhood and they'd say, all right, you got to give us a 2% VIG and, you know, nothing will happen to your store. Uh, you'll be good. And there's a great scene in The Sopranos where they go to collect money from a coffee shop and the guy says, we're owned by a corporation now. I can't just give you money. Every, every dollar has to be approved by corporate. And the two guys leave and just kind of shake their heads as if, you know, this is a sign of the changing of the neighborhood. All these corporate coffee shops coming in versus the little mom and pop stores, which, you know, you pay a little money for a little neighborhood protection. You don't have to worry about nothing. Nothing would happen. There'd be no fire, no theft, nothing. If you didn't pay, though, well, you know, then things would happen. Kind of the concept of NATO, but you got to pay. You got to pay your VIG, and then nothing will happen if you don't pay. So I guess my question is, how come all these European countries are not paying their, their, their VIG, their neighborhood protection fee, if they're so worried about Putin? And the countries that I, let, I read you the list who aren't paying, the, the most of them aren't, include France, the Netherlands, Norway, Denmark, Germany, Spain. Uh, aren't they worried? And if they're not worried... What does that tell you? Doesn't it tell you maybe this whole thing is a giant fugazi, this whole idea that they're next? Because I would think that if they think they're next, then they got to make right on their neighborhood protection fee. Because Nikki Haley just said it. Putin's never invaded a NATO country. But at the same time, we have to stop Putin because if we don't, well, then if we don't do that, then he's going to invade a NATO country. So I go, huh? So then what's the point of NATO? Well, is it stop Putin from invading? But now you're just telling me that he's going to invade. Nope. Not if NATO's there. So we don't have to worry about it. No, you do. Why? Because he'll invade. You just said NATO is the deterrent. Well, yeah, but this time it's different. So then we don't need NATO. No, we definitely need NATO. It just it, The whole argument just turns on its head, and you just turn around and you go, all right, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, but um, I'm not buying this. I'm really not buying this. I think there's something else at, at, at play here. And I understand that Republicans love to send our money overseas, and, and, and I get it that people like Mitt Romney and Mitch McConnell and the others love to make sure that the, their masters in the defense industrial complex eat. I, I get it. But what's wrong with Trump saying that NATO countries have to pay? What, what's wrong with Donald Trump saying you got to pay your VIG, 2% of your GDP? You want the protection that our neighborhood protection service offers you? Well, then you got to pay. This isn't Batman. They don't do it for free. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, and they have more than enough money. You know, France can afford this. But here's Biden again today lecturing about how I guess Trump has bowed down to a Russian dictator. I'm not quite sure. I think the only person who ever bowed before was Barack Obama. 
but that was to a, a Saudi, so don't worry about that. Or was it, uh, was it, uh, I forget, he bowed a few times. Anyway, here's what Biden said today. Take a listen. It's the responsibility of a great nation, and we are a great nation that the rest of the world looks to. And I mean that, the rest of the world looks to us. The stakes are already high for American security before this bill was passed in the Senate last night. But in recent days, those stakes have risen. And that's because the former president has sent a dangerous and shockingly, frankly, un-American signal to the world. Just a few days ago, Trump gave an invitation to Putin to invade some of our allies, NATO allies. He said if an ally didn't spend enough money on defense, he would encourage Russia to, quote, do whatever the hell they want, end of quote. Can you imagine a former president of the United States saying that? The whole world heard it. The worst thing is he means it. No other president in our history has ever bowed down to a Russian dictator. Well, let me say this as clearly as I can. I never will. For God's sake, it's dumb, it's shameful, it's dangerous, it's un-American. When America gives us word, it means something. When we make a commitment, we keep it. And NATO is a sacred commitment. Donald Trump looks at this as if it's a burden. When he looks at NATO, he doesn't see the alliance that protects America and the world. Sure he does. He just he wants the alliance the to pay. That's all. All right, thank you, man. He just wants the alliance to pay. I don't think that's unreasonable. It's not bowing down to Putin. He just wants the alliance to pay. And last time around, they paid. What, what, what's the problem with that? Why, why are so many people opposed to the idea that America has to constantly pay for everybody? Or why aren't they more opposed to that notion, I should say? And then, you know, it's funny because the uh, so Will Bunch, who writes for the Philadelphia Inquirer, he's their resident lefty lunatic columnist. He uh, he has a piece in the Philadelphia Inquirer today, but his memory and the slow train wreck of American democracy. He says February 8th, 2024 is a date which will live in infamy for America's failures to stop fascism from a corrupt SCOTUS to a broken media. And why is he talking about February 8th? Why that day? To see last Thursday unfold in real time, he says, was like watching the wreck of a slow-moving train with democracy heading like wily Coyote toward a cliff and nobody. Not a Supreme Court bought and paid for by billionaires, nor a judiciary too easily gained by inertia, nor a Congress engineer to produce only gridlock and gibberish, nor a gullible news media lacking backbone, throwing a switch to stop it and the American people no one bothered to get off the couch. And what he's talking about here is... When the report came out about Joe Biden's memory, but his memory, when that came out, that was it. It was over at that point. He even really realizes that fact. He says, later the day came the unexpected bombshell, the final report of the special counsel, Republican Robert Hur, and the classified documents that turned up in Biden's home and private offices, mirroring similar scandals with Trump and his vice president, Mike Pence. Hur did a good job in explaining why Biden, who cooperated with the investigation from day one, was not charged, while Trump, who labored to hide documents from probers, was indicted. But the clearly ambitious GOP prosecutor didn't stop there. Her's lengthy report was littered with over-the-top and seemingly gratuitous commentary about what his team believed about the 81-year-old Biden's memory lapses, explaining at one point it would be useless to try to, to later try POTUS 46 since a jury would see him as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. It was a sentence that launched a thousand New York Times hot takes, a bumper sticker of stunning cynicism. 
And, you know, it's funny because if you if you think about it, this special prosecutor, what he came out and said, you know, Joe Biden is a feeble old man with a bad memory. At that point, confirming what everybody knows, what everybody believes and what everybody thinks. They they say that that is unacceptable. Well, then the White House can easily deal with that. You know, the White House can turn around and they can say, I got a great idea. We'll put out all of the transcripts for you. So you can read them. We'll give you all the transcripts and make sure that you get full access to everything. All the interviews, all of it. And you can see Biden has a great memory. I mean, he's not a feeble old man. And the special counsel's wrong. But why don't they want to do that? How come they don't want to do that? Think about that. Very easy. If they, if they really, as, as Karine Jean-Pierre said yesterday, she said, you know what? This guy, this special counsel, Robert Hur, he's not a neurologist. Guy doesn't know about failing brains. Okay. So then if that's the case, then release the transcripts, show us the whole investigation, everything, all of it, put it all out there for everybody. And they won't do that. And the reason why they won't do that is because in in that entire report is Biden's corruption and the links to Ukraine and everything Tony Bobolinsky is talking about today before the House Oversight Committee. And they don't want you to know about that. In fact, they're happy that everybody's talking about Biden's memory. They're happy that everybody's talking about Biden being a feeble old man. Think about it. If, if this Republican prosecutor was so hell-bent hell on getting him, why didn't he charge him? He could have charged him, and he could have said, even though a jury may think he's a doddering old fool, I'm still charging him, but he didn't. And yet that's what you keep hearing. You keep hearing from the White House, and you keep hearing from all of Biden's protectors that the special counsel completely was rude and mean to say that Joe Biden had a bad memory. It was just rude. How dare he? Fine. Then release the transcripts of all of the interviews and everything else for everybody to see. But then that shows the corruption. So they want you to talk about Biden's memory. They do. They're fine with that. Rather, they talk about Biden's memory than Biden's corruption. That's the key point. Never forget that this is always it's they're always playing the game with you. Look over here at the shiny object and not over here at this. Don't ever forget that point. It's a very important one. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. I had a great day today. I went to Cherry Hill Volvo, took my father-in-law there. He's getting his new XC40. His lease was up, so he's getting the XC40, beautiful blue color. And I got to see the uh, dealership, which is under a big renovation. Now, Judith Krupnik's dad built that dealership back in the early 1960s, and now they're doing a big renovation on it. But they have great inventory right there for you and even though they're in trailers right now working very hard to find you the best incentives possible that's what they're doing they're finding you the best incentives like for example they have one left one s60 courtesy car left for less than twenty nine thousand dollars it's basically new it's got less than five thousand miles on it courtesy cars are used for valet service and to take people you know loaner car and things like that so they are in pristine condition and at Cherry Hill Volvo, you can, you can drive out of there with a beautiful S60, which I've driven. I had that car for five months. I loved it. Super fast, great technology, all the, all the latest safety features for less than $29,000. That's unbelievable. But they have one left in stock, so you better get there. And they have so many other options to choose from, too. And the thing about it is that they pride themselves on really working to find you the absolute best promotions, incentives, and financing that they can. And they will for you. See, Cherry Hill Volvo always goes the extra mile. That's why we're so proud to broadcast live from the studio that Judith Krupnik said, I want the naming rights for the studio. 
So we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios. That kind of relationship matters to us, and that's why the relationship with Cherry Hill Volvo should matter to you. Forget all the other Volvo dealers. They are the closest Volvo dealership to Philly and South Jersey, right over the bridge on Route 70 in Cherry Hill, and they are there for you today. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. So Catherine Herridge was laid off today. Uh, right before I got on the air today, actually, uh, she lost her job. You know, that that's a that's a damn shame because she was a fantastic reporter. But uh, she I'm not surprised. She always went up against the uh, intelligentsia and she always went up against the, the corporate media and their narrative. And that's a real problem. That's a real problem for them because obviously CBS is supposed to be, you know, part of the dark unholy triad of the corporate media, big tech and the government. So. Um, For example, she tweeted out yesterday at 5.51 p.m. that uh, the Judiciary GOP, GOP Oversight Ways and Means Committee, the committees require the Biden interview transcript, the Biden-her interview transcript. There is concern that President Biden may have retained sensitive documents related to specific countries involving his family's foreign business dealings, and they want this stuff by February 19th. So she was a dog with a bone really going after things and by far the best at cbs there's nobody like her at cbs no question about it she was also embroiled in a first amendment um lawsuit and i'll share this with you so several cbs news reporters were caught up in layoffs at paramount global that claimed 800 jobs including one who was embroiled in a high stakes first amendment fight and another was reportedly weathered hr probes over his workplace behavior katherine herridge an award-winning senior correspondent whose First Amendment case is being closely watched by journalists nationwide, was among the hundreds of employees at CBS parent Paramount who got pink slips on Tuesday. Insider says Herridge, who clashed with a CBS News president named Ingrid Cyprian Matthews, a sharp-elbowed executive who was investigated in 2021 over favoritism and discriminatory hiring and management practices, as revealed by The Post. CBS News' Washington Bureau, where Herridge covered national security and intelligence, was hit particularly hard. And uh, Jeff Pegues, who also weathered HR probes, including an alleged incident when she dressed down a female colleague in a 20-minute rant, he lost his job as well. Um, but, but for Catherine Herridge in particular, this was, a, this, was, this was really bad because she faces heat for not complying with U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper's order to reveal how she learned about a federal probe into a Chinese-American scientist who operated a graduate program in Virginia. And she soon may be held in contempt of court for not divulging her source for an investigative piece she penned in 2017, back when she worked for Fox News. And she could be ordered to personally pay fines that could total as much as $5,000 a day. The scientist, Yang Pin Shen, who had been investigated for years on suspicions she may have lied on immigration forms related to work on a Chinese astronaut program, has since sued the government, saying details about the probe were leaked to damage her reputation. She pushed the court to hold Herridge in contempt and make her personally pay daily fees, which could range from $500 to $5,000. Last August, the judge ruled that Chen's need for, for evidence overcomes Herridge's qualified First Amendment privilege. First Amendment advocates have pushed back, arguing that journalists can perform their public service function only if they are able to protect the identities of their confidential sources. So here you have this Chinese scientist who was investigated. All kinds of suspicions. 
She may have lied on forms related to her work for China, lied to the United States of America about it. And Catherine Harris is saying, I'm not telling you who my source is. I'm standing firm here. I'm not going to tell you who my source is. And I say good for her. But the real reason she's gone is that she would not just parrot the narrative that CBS wanted. You know, she would she would she would challenge them. She would tell you things and report on things that sometimes it blow my mind when I would see what she said and go, wait a second, that's Catherine Harrod from CBS, right? How long is CBS gonna put up with this? And sure enough, today's the day when they said enough is enough with, with her. So we'll have more on that for you as the show unfolds today. we got a lot. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Big four o'clock hour straight ahead. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. John Fetterperson's body double said something very, very nasty about Senator Rand Paul. I'll tell you what he said, but we might have to bleep it. John Stewart's back, and the left is angry at him for daring to go after Joe Biden. And yes, it's true. More of your money is about to go overseas to Ukraine. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. Unless the House Republicans stop it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Got a lot uh, to get into. But, you know, the thing about Biden and his corruption is that um, he met Joe Biden with the Chinese energy firm chairman around the time of a $3 million payment to Hunter's business partner. That's right. Joe Biden met with the chairman of the Chinese energy firm CEFC shortly after Hunter Biden's business associate, Rob Walker, received a $3 million payment from the firm as part of a joint venture the pair were trying to develop, according to a newly released transcript of Walker's closed-door congressional testimony. He had testified before the House Oversight and Judiciary Committee on January 26th, and he got $3 million bucks back in March 2017. He recalled the meeting... We called the meeting between Joe Biden and these uh, Chinese energy officials in the spring of 2017. And he was there. He recalled the meeting took place in Washington, D.C. And Joe Biden, who had just left office as vice president, stopped by for lunch. It took place at the Four Seasons Hotel in a private room. And you remember something, what Hunter Biden had said, and he had gone on about this guy, you know, Xi, Z, you know, and he would, he had instructed Walker and done all these things. But a lot of this money that went from China to Walker and then wound up going to James Biden and his girlfriend at the time, Haley Biden, who was the widow of Hunter's late brother, Bo. And Walker said he wired approximately a million bucks of the Chinese energy funds to Biden's family accounts and a little more than a million dollars to a company linked to another one of Hunter's associates. So Joe Biden was vice president for 16 of the 17 payments and a million dollars of the money went into the Biden family accounts. The business associate split increments sent by a Romanian businessman totaling nearly $180,000 a month. Don't forget Romania. They might be the lesser of the corrupt countries, but they're still corrupt. 
In fact, Joe Biden oversaw the Obama administration's anti-corruption efforts in Romania. And he helped this guy who was facing corruption charges in his home country. And that guy was paying off Joe Biden as well. Isn't that something? A Romanian oligarch named Gabriel Popoviciu. I don't speak Romanian. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Gabriel Popoviciu, who paid them approximately $3 bucks from November 2015 to May 2017. And Joe Biden was president for 16 of those 17 payments. Over a million dollars. And what's interesting is that Biden was overseeing the Romanian anti-corruption efforts. That was part of his portfolio. Biden also had Ukraine as his portfolio. You see a link there? The vice president's portfolio uh, got him and his family rich. Romania, Romania, Ukraine. You see the link? Whereas, like, you think about it, Kamala Harris is vice president. Um, her portfolio was the border, and she's never been there. Joe Biden met with people from Ukraine and China and also Romania, and he got all kinds of cash. Now, at one point, Hunter Biden and attorney Michael Gottlieb met with the U.S. ambassador to Romania to make the case for this guy, Papa Viciu, back in November. Then U.S. Ambassador Hans Clem was not interested in his case, Walker testified. Nonetheless, they sought other ways to help him fight the corruption charges. I was still trying to figure out ways to help him. We were also wanting to do some other development work around the world. He could not recall why payments from this Romanian oligarch stopped following the conclusion of Joe Biden's vice presidency. <laughs> Let's imagine that. Hunter Biden's federal tax indictment in California confirms the state energy HK payment and the timeline of his relationship with China. And um, this Hunter, this Hudson West three business, this little this little other way they could launder money here, a separate venture designed to explore U.S. business deals. The indictment contains a breakdown of Hudson West three income and a brief paragraph about this Romanian oligarch Papavicio. Hunter Biden pleaded not guilty to the tax charges in January. So think about it. Everything that Joe Biden was dealing with, whether it was Ukraine or Romania, or if he also was handling Chinese energy, every one of those things in his portfolio as vice president, his family got rich off of that stuff. His family found a way to profit off of all those things. Come on. It's pretty good if you can get it, right? Good work if you can get it. I'd say so. No doubt about it. Uh, let me ask uh, Executive Producer Matt DeSantis. You, you, you think we have to beep that word. Is that correct? Is that I, your assessment? I don't think we have to. I know we have to. You know we have to. I'm certain we can't say that word. What's the word? Oh, I'm not going to say it. It rhymes with Rick, and it's a it's a <laughs> bad word for a man's package. Okay, I think I know what you're talking about. Got it? <laughs> it could be anything with it, yeah. All right, so we can't play the word. No, we had to... You're sure? I'm certain. I, I bleeped it, though, so we can play the clip, but the, the word won't be there. Are you sure? I'm, yeah, I'm certain. Well, John Fetterperson's body double called Rand Paul that word. The thing about what's interesting in this clip is when you watch it, John Fetterperson's body double is clearly reading this statement off of his phone. So somebody wrote this for him to say. And he's not just, you know, ad-libbing here. Anyway, this is uh, this is the clip. Take a listen. 
support uh, what he's doing here and I'm very outspoken that he's made a mistake he's siding with Schumer and Biden but after the election you said hey, there's a vote after we'll that we'll would you vote for that bridge when we can I can say right now he doesn't represent me or or conservatives in Kentucky or conservatives across the United States he's doing the bidding of Schumer and Biden we're only here because of just one and he decides that the rest of all of our schedules and our lives and and holding up this bill to the getting to the house for all of this aid it's incredibly frustrating and there's no work being done it's just bad performance art uh we can't say it but you got the gist of what he called him that's our u.s senator john fetter person right there I think you could have played it. I think you got away with it. I'm just saying. We couldn't play it. And by the way, the description you gave, everybody knows what the word is. Right. Did you, when you watch that video, see what I mean? He's clearly reading, don't you think? Yeah, he had his cell phone in front of him and he was reading his statement directly from it. Mm-hmm. So that means somebody else came up with that that word, that, that mean word for a man's uh, member. <laughs> So, just saying. Uh, I had a conversation with somebody today. They were asking me if I think there's going to be another, what's the word I'm looking for, pandemic. And then I got this story. This is fun. So, health officials have confirmed the first bubonic plague case in humans since 2015. Bubonic plague in Oregon. I could go for a little bubonic plague. What do you think, huh? I don't want another lockdown. Come on. Little bubonic plague? I'll pass. Come on. I'll sit this one out. How, how'd the last one go? Well, the last one killed millions and millions of people, but I think now they can treat it better. Okay. Well, that's, I think so. That's a relief. The original yeah. one had a fatality rate of like over 60%, didn't it? Yeah, but that was back when people didn't wash their hands, you know? <laughs> I'm sure that was it, yeah. Apparently what happens with bubonic plague is that you can get it from fleas and uh, rats and things like that, infected fleas or animals. And you and, they, and then they bite you and they give you the bubonic plague. So squirrels and chipmunks, mice and other rodents as well. And you know, the part of the problem is we can't wash our sheets hot enough to kill fleas. Bubonic plague, it will get us because of high efficiency uh, dryers and washing machines. That's no joke. Telling you right now. Yeah, I remember You'll when I see. visited the uh, the Grand Canyon a few years back. They told us not to go anywhere near the squirrels because they carried the bubonic plague. You see, the prairie dogs are notorious for carrying the plague as well. Cute mm-hmm. little animals, but don't go near them. No, and they do taste delicious. If you ever want to make a prairie dog <laughs> burger, much like bat, though, cook it undercook it, medium rare. <laughs> sure, that that's how this guy in Oregon got got it started again. Yeah, it was actually a prairie dog burger with a side of rat aioli, I think, and some, and it was on a brioche bun with seeded fleas instead of sesame seeds. Seeded fleas, delicious. That's probably what happened. (laughs) Apparently, it came from a pet cat. Oh, is that is that how they got the bubonic plague? A pet cat? Yeah, that's the latest I saw. The Oregon officials. um, That's that's how they believe it started. Well, listen, I don't want to get the cat people mad at me. But nobody should own a cat. All right? <laughs> I'm more of a dog person, so I'm not going to jump in and, uh, and challenge you. Cats hate us. They, they're always looking for ways to kill us. They don't like us. They're constantly hunting us. 
I'm just pointing that out. But again, the cat people get mad at me and they start sending me emails and text messages, tweets, and, you know, leave my cat alone and fine. I'm not coming for your cat. I just don't think you should own one. Everybody should have dogs. Dogs like us. Cats hate us. Plus, from cats, you can get a toxoplasmosis. Now, that's a very interesting virus. What is that? That's a real interesting virus, a taxoplasmosis. That makes people insane, basically, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes you pretty much obsessed with your cat. But I think it does other things, too. I think that, that, that virus, that toxoplasmosis, makes people basically go crazy. And you can get it from a cat scratch, for example. Yeah, like cat scratch fever. The, the crazy cat lady mm-hmm. thing, that's probably a result of toxoplasmosis. Toxoplasmosis, that's correct. Exactly right. So just be careful. I'm just saying, you know, dogs give you nothing but love. Cats give you toxoplasmosis and bubonic plague. <laughs> so, yeah. But again, I don't want to hear from the cat people on this, okay? <laughs> Nobody is coming for your cat. Even if I become president, I'm going to let you keep your cat. All right? <laughs> what a campaign pledge. <laughs> I will run on letting you keep your cat. Your filthy, dirty cat who wants to kill you. Okay? It was thinking about you as their next meal. It's not their fault. It's in their, it's in their DNA. That's all it is. So, just saying. Uh, and speaking of ways to not be able to wash things, New York City is about to ban Tide Pods. And laundry sheets as well. They don't like them because they're plastic, and so they're going to go after pods now. The pods are plastic, Bill, would make it illegal to sell any pods and laundry sheets if they're made with polyvinyl alcohol. Fines for selling the pods would start at $400, double for a second violation, and top off at $1,200 for flouting the rules more than twice. The bill would also require education and outreach to businesses on the ban for the first year. Polyvinyl alcohol, or PVA, is used as a film in pods that dissolves in water during a wash cycle. But scientists counter that it breaks down into tiny microplastic pieces that still pollute waterways and slip through filtration systems. About 19,000 tons of PVAs are used each year in pods, with more than 8,000 tons being left untreated in U.S. water. Okay? So there you go. Those are going to be illegal. Now... If you want to get your hands on some, I've got some black market Tide Pods for you. Just go to richiestidepods at gmail.com and I will hook you up. Okay? Richiestidepods at gmail.com and I'll take care of you. Because it's a whole lot easier to just throw a freaking pod in and walk away than have to measure. Am I right? Oh, I'm a uh, 100% in agreement. Yeah, if those Tide Pods go away, I'm ruined because that's all I use. Yeah, because then you got to measure. You got to do the whole thing. I don't want to do it. Same with the dishwasher, too. I throw a pod in there. A little pod, and then I'm, I'm good. I've got a Cascade pod or whatever it is, Costco pod, and I walk away. I don't need to measure. I don't want to measure. I don't want to, It's extra work. i got to take the thing. i got to pour it into the cap. i got to put the cap into the thing. No, thank you. So I will have – I'm going to start stocking up on these pods, too. I have thousands of them. <laughs> I'm going to make my money like the Kennedys did during Prohibition with alcohol. I'm going to make it on Tide Pods. <laughs> That's going to be the Zioli family. So, 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 you know, 50 years from now, when you're going, how does Zioli family get a compound, a family compound? How do they get so rich? Just like the Kennedys with Prohibition, only instead of booze, Tide Pods. <laughs> okay? Zioli's will have a beautiful compound in Hyannisport. Yes. It'll be lovely. Lovely this time of year. Lovely. Well, I think they're getting... Yeah, I mean, there may be maybe a lot not of snow up there. Yeah, maybe know. not maybe, this time of year, but maybe not today. Yeah. But, you know, you get the you get the point. 
And the last piece on animals, and this is actually fascinating. So in Chernobyl, uh, they had a nuclear reactor meltdown some years ago. And it was a big darn deal during the 1980s, because obviously back then, and if you've never seen the HBO show Chernobyl, you must watch it. It is a must watch. Have you guys seen it? Loved it. Great. A little gruesome, but good. It was very gruesome and and well done story. The thing about it, of course, is that the communist, uh, the rush, the Soviet Union did not want the world to know because their whole thing was our technology is better and we can beat the West and everything. So they never told anybody about the meltdown. We only knew about it because of satellite imagery that showed these giant plumes of, of uh, you know, of smoke. But. The whole area to this day is still contaminated, and it's it's a it's a no person zone basically. It is a completely uh, it, it's literally called the exclusion zone, and nobody is allowed to live there, go anywhere near it, and it's a very large area. Um, and the wolves there that that live in that area have now developed a resistance to cancer. They've been so exposed to the radiation from Chernobyl in this Chernobyl exclusion zone. They've actually altered their immune systems, similar to cancer patients undergoing radiation treatment. According to uh, the study that was done, they put collars on these wolves in the area, and they took samples to understand the animal's responses. Because the amount of radiation there is six times, to this day, six times the legal safety limit of radiation for humans. Six times, even to this day. Chernobyl is known for its brutal environment following the 1986 explosion and fire at the Ukraine power plant that sent radioactive fallout spewing into the atmosphere. 30 workers were killed in the immediate aftermath, while the long-term death toll from radiation poisoning is estimated to number in the thousands. Nearly four decades after the accident, a range of wildlife populates, uh, populates the region, excuse me, including bears, wolves, dogs, and lynxes. Before Russia invaded Ukraine in 2022, scientists and researchers have begun to study the adaptations that wildlife had undergone through living in the highly radioactive area. And what scientists have found, and this is amazing, they're saying that this could have wide-ranging applications into treating cancer because they found insights about how animals and humans can live now and in the future in regions of the world under continuous environmental assault, they say. But um, the wolves are doing just fine. Nature finds a way. It reminds me of that scene in uh, Jurassic Park when he says, nature finds a way. It certainly <laughs> does. Does it not? Uh, do you think... What, what do you life think makes, finds a way, I guess. <laughs> what do you think makes a better pet? The house cat or the uh, mutant Chernobyl wolf? I, I, I have uh, mutant Chernobyl wolves. I have a <laughs> bunch of them. And I would, I would take them over to house cat any day of the week. Give me a mutant Chernobyl wolf, and I'll take some of his cancer genes. <laughs> and you can have your cat and get your Toxoplasmus <laughs> blossomosities. So there you go. All right? That's a good point. There you go. Now, look, I don't know if um, <clears throat> this will actually lead to any new innovations or not, and I don't know if you'll be touring you, uh, Chernobyl anytime soon, but I just thought you'd like that story. So there you go. Uh, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Listen, my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, is a great dentist, and he is the master of dental implants. So go see him today. What are you waiting for? Dr. Mike will take great care of you. He has two offices to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury, both right over the bridge, minutes to get to, and it's fantastic. Great, great place to go because they, they specialize in care. If you've ever had an estimate for complicated dental work, please go see my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria. Go see him today. Get a second opinion. 
A lot of these uh, these dental offices out there, they're, they're, they're chain dental offices, and what they are about is cost. Dr. Mike is about care, and that's why for 10 years in a row, 10 consecutive years, Dr. Mike Venaria has been named a top dentist in South Jersey by his peers, and he is the master of dental implants. Told you, the host the only family goes to him. So if you are ready for a new smile, and you deserve a new smile, a new smile says so much about you, what are you waiting for? Go see him today. VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A. VenariaDental.com. He's my dentist. He's my friend. He's a great guy. Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Oh, come on, cat people, you know I'm just kidding. I kid because I love. Welcome back to the show, 855-839-1210, on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Uh, you know, the uh, whole debate about Biden's age, this, this entire debate that everyone's having, about Biden's age, uh, the economy is what the issue is. The economy is the issue. Uh, we're having a debate over Biden's age because they want Biden gone because they know Biden's going to lose to Trump because the economy stinks and people know Biden's a feeble old man who's senile and they don't trust him with the nuclear codes. All those things, all the things. But let's not forget it's the economy, stupid. Here is Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre, who was asked, Today, by a reporter, after the inflation report came out, Consumer Price Index report, Dow's having a terrible day. She was asked a question. You guys worried about inflation at all? Are you worried at all? Cut 10. You said the economy was in a much different place. Is there any worry that inflation might actually be picking back up and that we could see sort of a... So we have concerns, basically. Um, Look, um, and you've heard... um, 
Jared say this from this podium uh, and many others who are part of our economic team is that we we certainly we look at trends. That is something that we do here, and not read too much to to you know to uh, data from one month. That is how we operate here, uh, and others do as well. Uh, but we certainly understand that there's more work to be done to lower costs. That is something that we're aware of, uh, and so. Certainly not going to get into forecasting from here. Uh, we're going to try and continue to make progress in lowering uh, in lowering uh, uh, inflation uh, as we transition to a steady and stable uh, stable economic growth, which you hear us speak to that uh, very often. And so, what I will say is, uh, inflation is down two thirds uh, from its peak. Core inflation is the lowest since May 21st. Prices fell over the last year, as I mentioned before: gas, milk, and eggs, uh, all important products that matter to uh, uh, to the American people. And we know that rental inflation has slowed, but it takes a while to show up in CPI. And so, look, that's what we say. We look at the trend. We see how how the economy is moving, uh, and we don't focus on a one month uh, one month data. And so, I think that's what's important here. But we're also going to do continue to do the work to lower costs. Go ahead. Okay, and by lowering and by the work, they mean blaming corporations. That's what they do. Here to talk about it with us, of course, is our resident economist, the official economist of the Zioli Show, Dr. E.J. Antoni, research fellow in the Heritage Foundation's Grover M. Herman Center for the Federal Budget. Hello, Doc. Happy Tuesday. Rich, happy Tuesday. How are you doing? Oh, I'm okay. I heard Karine Jean-Pierre say the prices have gone down. I, I did the grocery shopping today, and I don't know what the hell she's talking about. Well, she's she's just reading her talking points, and and because that's all she has at this point, right? She doesn't have any kind of data uh, to back her up. There's certainly no common sense that would back her up, and I mean, frankly, there's really nothing different between the nonsense that she spews and the nonsense that Biden spews when he can't even put a sentence together. This the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. I was watching all these clips of people on CN, CNBC and others that are saying that the CPI is is up. We are paying more for things. I mean, the, we are paying more for things, and that the Consumer Price Index is a is a real metric. Everybody feels it. How how can they even justify what she the lies that she just spun there? I mean, it, you can so easily disprove that. Well, absolutely. But what she's basically doing is just telling half truths. You know, when when there are changes in rental prices, it is true that that doesn't show up right away. It takes six months for the weighted average to fully incorporate whatever that that new data is. So if you have a sudden spike in rents, if you have a sudden decline in rents, it will take a while for that to show up. Now, what we've seen over the last couple of months is a very, very small decline in rents if you look at the national average. So, yes, that has not shown up completely yet. But what she's not telling you is the fact that housing is based entirely on rents in the CPI. In other words, they try to estimate both the cost of renting and the cost of home ownership using only rental prices. Now, that works out okay if the if the change in rents matches the change in the cost of home ownership. But that's not what we've had over the last three years, not even close. So you have had uh, the cost of home ownership, according to the CPI, only go up 20% during that time. But if as soon as you start using real-world data rich, you get a figure of 80 to 90%. In other words, it is four times worse than what you're actually being told by these quote-unquote official government numbers. You know, I, one of the reasons why I, I love following you on Twitter, and you should follow EJ at Real EJ Antoni, 
is that you said in your a tweet today, I'm going to read, 100% spot on. We've talked about this, you and I, and I, I fully believe the Fed is going to do everything you possibly can to try to save Biden's presidency. You wrote, inflation isn't dead. In fact, it's being undercounted. But the Fed is looking for any excuse to cut rates in an election year. Powell was hiking in 18 and 19 with less inflation than today. That means even more inflation in 25. Buckle up because the roller coaster isn't over. Now, two points on that. He was he was raising rates in 18 and 19, I think, to try to hurt Trump. And now he's looking to cut rates to try to help Biden, which would also hurt Trump again. I absolutely believe that that's what's happening here. Well, Rich, I, I don't know if he was cutting, uh, or excuse me, if he was raising in 18 and 19 to, to try to hurt Trump or not. It, it is pretty clear, though, and this is not just Powell, Fed chairs tend to cut rates in election years. Why? Because if the incumbent is out, then chances are they're not going to be renominated. And so that's probably what's going on right now, especially since Trump has already publicly announced that he's not going to, uh, to renominate Powell. And so it's very clear if you look at the the Keynesian mindset under which uh, Powell has been operating, that is, that is to say, if you suddenly have uh, an increase in economic growth, that that's somehow going to cause inflation. That's what he told us in 18 and 19 when we had fast growth under Trump. And so what's going on now? Well, now you have even faster economic growth, according to GDP. You have better jobs numbers, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. And inflation is hotter. And the Treasury Department is borrowing way more. In other words, every single indicator that he cited back then is telling him today he should be hiking rates and not cutting them so just using his own logic it's clear what he should be doing and he's not doing it he's doing the opposite all right now let me ask you about shrinkflation we heard we heard biden go on about how all these products are getting smaller and he wants it to stop uh america's mother-in-law elizabeth warren going on about the same thing let, let me play you a clip of uh, Elizabeth Warren actually whining about shrinkflation. Uh, cut number 11, Matt. You ever go for the last chip in the Dorito bag and suddenly say, whoa, there should have been more chips in here. You would be right. From Doritos to Oreos to even toilet paper. These big corporations are shrinking how much they give us. But they're charging the same amount or sometimes even more. It's called shrinkflation. Corporate executives thought we wouldn't notice, but they're wrong. We noticed. Now, the corporations come back crying, oh, it's all because of inflation. Really? Then explain this. How is it that corporate profits have increased by 75% over the past few years? All right, years? you get the point. So is it is it really now corporate greed, EJ and Tony, that they're just trying to screw with all of us because they want us to have less Doritos? You know, Rich, I, I hope that one day you and I can both tell our grandkids that we were alive back in January of 2021 when corporations first became greedy because they were never greedy before then. <laughs> I mean, this, this whole thing just doesn't even pass the smell test. What, what? So corporations, when they had a president who was allegedly, you know, uh, in their favor, that that's when they chose not to raise prices. And now they are raising prices. You know, and she cites corporate profits 
my goodness, give me a break here. Corporate profits the last six quarters are actually down once you adjust for inflation. The idea that, that they are somehow rolling in it, please explain to me why they're all announcing layoffs in the last several months then. It makes absolutely no sense. If, if you look at the producer price index and you compare that to the consumer price index that just came out today, Rich, what you find is that under Biden, those indexes have more or less moved in lockstep. They are up on average, both about 20%. And so that means that these these corporations, so-called greedy corporations, are literally just passing their cost increases on to consumers, which is, get ready for this, the way business has always worked. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. It's uh, it's deflection. They're trying now to make the corporations the bad guy. They want you to be angry at them versus angry at the the financial policies of this administration. But the spending of this administration has is what led to inflation. I mean, that's what's happened here. And the other point, too, which I want to I want to make this point. I think it's important is that. All of politics is always a game. You know, look over here, don't look over here, look at the shiny object. Biden's trying to channel this kind of populist anger that is, that is brewing out there, but but he's deflecting it in the wrong way. People don't go into the grocery store and really think the grocery store is trying to screw them. They get it. They understand what's happening. And the reason why they understand that is because we're smart enough to understand competition. If it was just a, a strategy here by all these stores to just completely rob you blind and they didn't have to have prices the way they were, then somebody would undercut them and you would wind up buying all of their products at their store or you'd buy their stuff that has more chips in it that's how the free market works if it really was this big conspiracy where corporations are just trying to screw you then somebody's going to turn around and say we can still make money by giving you more doritos or we can still make money by charging less prices so let's do it and then we'll get all that business am i wrong about that no rich this this would have to be the conspiracy of conspiracies because you would need not only uh, every ch- uh, potato chip manufacturer, let's say, to be colluding and setting prices, but also all the toilet paper manufacturers to be colluding and setting prices, and so on and so on. Go down every every product and service you can think of. So are you telling me that someone is coordinating uh, all of the coordinators to, to create this grand collusion scheme to hose the American consumer? Or, gee, maybe it's the one thing that's in common among all all of those items and all of those services, which is how they're priced, the dollar that has lost value. Maybe that's it. Occam's razor here. It's not that complicated. Yeah, it's not that complicated, EJ and Tony. And the other thing, too, is that uh, when we, we think about the future of, of America and we think about, you know, what what's going to happen in terms of, of costs and inflation, inflationary costs and everything else. You bring up rents and housing. We still there's still a, a lack of inventory in the housing market. Number one, number two, families that are trying to plan, for example, for say college, as they're trying to adjust for what they have to save for their kids. I mean, my God, if you've got we, we have a three year old and thinking about what the cost of college is going to be by the time she gets there, for example, and then we're supposed to put more money aside. You know, this is what our, our financial guy tells us, you know, put more money aside so you can save for college because you're going to have to because of what the price is going to be one day. Well, guess what? We don't have it. We don't have the money to put aside. This is the problem, too, is that everybody is dealing with these price increases and you, you put it very, very well. It's not just simply price increases. We are down. Our wages 
since they have not kept up accordingly, we're all poorer than when we started here. We have less money. We have less disposable income. We have less money to save than we ever have before. All of these factors have to be taken in, not just simply the cost of what a dozen eggs is, but the fact that for all the things we have to save for, retirement, for college, for healthcare costs, for longevity, for all the other things, we don't have the extra cash to do it because we're all poorer than when we started with this guy as president. Exactly, Rich. And and I'm so glad you brought up retirement because this is one of the things that has really crushed retirees who are typically on a fixed income. And if they do get any kind of inflation adjustments, they're always delayed. In other words, just because prices go up today in January, in February, does not mean that you're going to get a, a higher income today. It's not until next year, next January, that you're actually going to see, let's say, your, your Social Security check increase, or if you have a, a defined benefit plan from a, a pension, that that will increase. So there's always a delay. And, and on top of that, people who were hoping to retire are now finding out they can't because although the stock market has done fairly well recently, bonds have gotten absolutely destroyed. And even those who had money in the market, once you adjust for inflation, it turns out it's actually not doing that well. And you need way more to retire today because the cost of living has gone up so much. So, you know, people who, for example, were, were thinking, okay, I need a million dollars, let's say, for, for my retirement in my IRA, they're now having to reevaluate that and saying, gosh, I really need about 1.3 million. Where on earth are you going to get an extra 300 grand? <laughs> wow. Uh, always a pleasure, my friend. You, you, uh, you bring the facts. You bring the thunder. We appreciate it. Dr. E.J. Antoni from the Heritage Foundation. Have a great day, buddy. You too, Rich. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And by the way, the economy is the big story of the hour, and that is brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. Go see him for a great smile, and it's not going to cost you a million bucks, but you will have that million-dollar smile. VenariaDental.com, VenariaDental.com. He's obsessed with care, not cost. Uh, all right, we got a lot more to talk about throughout the show today, including, by the way, the latest on all of the impeachment against Alejandro Mayorkas, the Republicans are going to try again today and Steve Scalise is back so they probably will have the votes to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas which is a good good thing a deserved thing he deserves it so we'll talk about that as well as the show progresses but listen you know we have our Travis Mannion Foundation Radiothon coming up in March I'm so excited for this it's one of my favorite days of the year to raise money for this incredible incredible organization that does so much for our veterans and one of the people that step up one of the groups that steps up every year to help us are our friends at McCausland Lock Service. For over 100 years, McCausland Lock Service has been the family business that's there for you when you need them. Now, if you have a key fob that's missing or it's been replaced or you need it to be replaced or it's broken, uh, original factory remotes, all those things, McCausland Lock Service can help you while you wait. They're the experts you need to repair, replace, reprogram original factory remotes, transponder keys, chip keys, and more. In addition to major makes, They will also help you with various BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen, and Audi vehicles as well. They can help you while you wait, and the best part is they charge up to 50% below what you'd pay at a dealer. 
They are a full-service locksmith and available for whatever you need, and they are dedicated to delivering superior customer service. So call my friends at McCausland Lock Service today at 610-430-1500. Ask to talk to Tom or Chrissy about how they can help you. That's 610-430-1500. Or visit them. They're conveniently located on Route 420 in Prospect Park, PA. McCausland Lock Service. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Take the Tide Pods and run. Welcome back. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, They're going to look to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas later. The Republicans uh, booted out George Santos, you know, and now they're having a special election to fill the seat. And I'll tell you, if um, the Democrat wins that election, only Republicans, they have themselves to blame for their stupidity. Because you notice Democrats don't pull this crap, and Republicans do. Now, if George Santos had been in the House last time, they would have been able to impeach Mayorkas last time. It's very, very close now. Obviously, if a Democrat wins a seat today, it's going to be very problematic for the Republicans. Very problematic, because every single vote counts. And again, whether or not George Santos is a liar, whether or not George Santos exaggerates things, whether or not he was never convicted of a crime. And whether or not you like George Santos, whether or not you think he's, he's a complete BS artist, whatever it is, he wasn't convicted of anything. And so the voters made a choice with this guy, and the voters could have made another choice with him when he was up for re-election. There was no reason to boot him out of the House other than some Republicans like to show how they can reach across the aisle. I don't know why. Democrats never do. Democrats never do. They hold firm on these things, and they and they rally together because they get it. They 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 know they need the votes. That's why Bob Menendez is not going anywhere. Bob Menendez is going to be a senator until his term ends. That guy has been accused of stuff way worse than George Santos. I mean, he's being accused of selling out the United States of America to two of our adversaries, Egypt and Qatar. Now you can say that they are allies, but I don't really. I, I think that we play games. They play games with us, and we know that. Bob Menendez is accused of selling out the United States to both of those two countries, and he's not going anywhere. He's still on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. He's still getting classified briefings that may even involve those countries. Democrats are never going to boot him out. I mean, credit to John Fetterperson's body double for saying that they should, but they're never going to. And, and that, again, shows you everything you need to know about why the Republicans sometimes are so politically stupid. Now, Joe Biden has got some major problems. And what we're learning more about Tony Bobulinski and putting Joe Biden at the center of this influence peddling scheme, it's not good. I'll share some thoughts with you on that in the five o'clock hour as we have 30 minutes of nonstop talk. I'm also going to get into some more details on shrinkflation for you because a lot of this has to do with um, uh, lawyers. I mean, really trial lawyers who, who go after and try to do class action lawsuits on products. And there is a ingredient that nobody talks about that's in these potato chip bags and Doritos bags that I will share with you. And no, it's not bad for you, but they never bring that up when they talk about how those bags are so puffy. We'll get into that with you as well as the show goes on. The, the president is not going to take a cognitive test during his uh, upcoming physical exam. White House press briefing with the White House fembot Corrine Jean-Pierre today was asked a question. Cut number five. 
Any updates on when the president's physical might be taking place? So he will have a physical uh, when we uh, when we have uh, information on that. So obviously, we will uh, certainly share that with all of you. It will be transparent. There will be a uh, a, a comprehensive uh, report as we have done the last two years. Just don't have a just don't have a timeline for you. Do you, do you plan on the press getting a heads up before the physical happens, or will we find out once it has taken place? We're going to do it the way that we've done it the last two years. It's not going to be anything different. So the way that we've approached this the last two years will be the same way that we do this uh, this year. This and third does, year. does the White House think that the the idea of the president taking a cognition test, a cognitive test, as a part of this uh, physical is a legitimate idea, particularly just on the heels of the special counsel report, more polling, as my colleague Selena just mentioned, showing that many American people have concerns about that? Look, I got this question last week as well, and I'm just going to say what the what uh, Dr. O'Connor. It's kind of a uh, what he said to me about a year ago uh, when the report came out last year, uh, obviously on his physical, uh, which is the president proves every day how he operates, how he thinks, right? But by dealing with world leaders, by making really difficult decisions on behalf of the, the American people, whether it's domestic, whether it's national security. And so he shows it every day on how he thinks, how he operates. Uh, and so that is how uh, that is how the Dr. O'Connor sees it, and that's how I'm going to leave it. What do you think about the idea of taking that kind of a test? I mean, look, uh, and I talked about this last week, too, on, on I believe, okay, on so Friday. There, there you go. There it's not it's not going to happen. Um, let's understand something here. Biden deals with world leaders, including dead ones every day, every day, dead ones. He he named the dead French prime minister and the dead president of Germany, or maybe I have those reversed. But either way, they're both dead. So, yeah, he deals with dead world leaders every day. You can just watch him. And don't forget what the special counsel's report said about Biden's memory. But, of course, that, I think, is just a giant cover-up for Biden's corruption. And they are now, the media is turning to all these brain experts now, trying to run cover for Biden's cognitive, you know, decline. And that's what they've been doing. They've been bringing on experts to come on, like uh, the New York Times, for example. A neuroscientist tells readers, quote, many of the special counsel's observations about Mr. Biden's memory seem to fall in the category of forgetting, meaning that they are more indicative of a problem with finding the right information from memory than actual forgetting. Huh? The heck does that even mean? They dug up uh, this neurologist, this professor of neuroscience, Dr. Sharon Ragadath who said public perception of a person's cognitive state is often determined by superficial factors such as physical presence, confidence, and verbal fluency, but these aren't necessarily relevant to one's capacity to make consequential decisions about the fate of this country. Memory is surely relevant, but other characteristics such as knowledge of the relevant facts and emotion regulation, both of which are relatively preserved and might even improve with age, are likely to be of equal or greater importance. What, huh? First of all, if you want to talk about emotional stability, Biden whispers and yells all the time. They had a writer at the New Republic who claimed that any news organization that puts Biden's memory in the headlines of its reporting on the special counsel's report is actively rewarding her's bad faith and giving the Trump campaign what they want when the bad faith and the Trump campaign's glee over it should be the story. <laughs> Former CNN White House correspondent John Harwood said her's report was similar to FBI Director James Comey's handling of Hillary Clinton's email scandal. Her did his version of Comey's I have no case but need to slap him around a little bit routine. 
As for Biden's mental fitness, I talked to him one-on-one at the White House 10 days before her did. And Harwood claims in a video that um, Biden was doing just great. Just great. Mexico for Egypt means nothing, but the GOP political apparatus is a bad faith enterprise and mainstream press has been knocked silly by financial political pressure. And it goes on and on. Jeffrey Tubin, even Jeffrey Tubin pulled off an excuse for Joe Biden. <laughs> he went on CNN to criticize her for making unnecessary points about Biden's age. And <laughs> what? He was stroking Biden's ego when he was doing it. What? He said part of this report was an outrage. It was a disgrace. I mean, the idea that they would, he would make such a big point of Biden being elderly is not something a prosecutor needed to do, Tubin said, in a very, very hands-on defense of Joe Biden's memory. <laughs> That's disgusting. What? Just the article. I, I just have a, that's all. I just have an article. I don't know what, you, what, what you're saying. <laughs> Jeffrey Tubin whipped out some facts to try to justify <laughs> Biden's cognitive state. Uh, all right. We, uh, let me stop before I get in real trouble here. Uh, 30 minutes of nonstop talk straight ahead for you. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. Looks like they're going to have the votes this time around to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas. That's good. He deserves it. Kamala Harris says, I am ready to serve as people wonder about Joe Biden's ability to do the job. And there's calls for the 25th Amendment to be invoked. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Great to have you with us. On a busy, busy Tuesday, we got a lot to chat about in the next uh, two hours. So let's get to it. First of all, um, Tony Bobulinski today had a lot to say. He, he, he told the House Oversight Committee a lot and put Joe Biden at the very center of the influence peddling scheme right there. Tony Bobulinski claimed that Joe Biden was at the center of the Biden family's shady overseas business dealings in his testimony before Congress on Tuesday. Testifying behind closed doors before the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees, Bobulinski argued in his opening statement that the president was not only aware of the influence peddling operation being conducted by his son, Hunter, and his brother, James, while he was vice president, but that Joe Biden actively enabled the lucrative scheme. He said, quote, it is clear to me that Joe Biden was the brand being sold by the Biden family. That statement, of course, echoes the July testimony of former Hunter Biden associate Devin Archer. Archer and Hunter Biden were both board members of Ukrainian energy firm Burisma and once had a close relationship. His family's foreign influence peddling operation from China to Ukraine and elsewhere 
sold out to foreign actors who were seeking to gain influence and access to Joe Biden and the United States government. Joe Biden was more than a participant in and a beneficiary of his family's business. He was an enabler. Despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability. The only reason any of these international business transactions took place with tens of millions of dollars flowing directly to the Biden family was because Joe Biden was in high office. The Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. The Biden family and its associates received more than $24 million over an approximately five-year period beginning in 2014 and ending in 2019. The Biden family itself and affiliated companies hauled in $15 million of that sum. Tony Bobolinsky was involved with the Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC and its negotiations with Hunter Biden and his business associates over a joint venture known as Sinohawk that ended up falling through. Now, Bobolinsky had previously told the FBI he met with Joe Biden in Beverly Hills. And the pair discussed business, according to FBI notes, turned over to the House Ways and Means Committee by IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler. Joe Biden and Bobolinsky met during the Milken Institute Global Conference, where Joe Biden gave a speech. Bobolinsky accused the Bidens of defrauding him as the CEO of Sinohawk and repeated his description of meetings with Joe Biden in May 2017 to discuss business dealings. He also said law enforcement and several grand juries have refused to contact him to get his perspective on the Biden family business dealings. Now, Hunter Biden's defense attorney, Abby Lowell, wrote a letter in October to Biden-appointed U.S. Attorney for D.C. Matthew Graves, alleging that Bobolinsky lied to the FBI, a charge that Bobolinsky vehemently denied in his opening statement. You know what's amazing about all this? Is that if, if Hunter Biden had just agreed to that plea deal over the summer, none of, we wouldn't be talking about any of this right now. I mean, we would in the sense that Congress would still be investigating him, but we certainly would not be talking about indictments against Hunter Biden. He's so stupid. He really is. He's the dumbest guy. And dumb people hire dumb people. You know, idiots hire idiots. So in, in, if you're an idiot, you're going to hire an idiot lawyer. And I think Abby Lowell's an idiot, too. I do. I think his whole legal team's idiots. Don't think that every lawyer is smart. A lot of them are morons. A lot of them are. Not everybody in every profession is smart, even if you have to go to school for it. You know as well as I do, there are a lot of dummies out there with degrees. But those idiots blew the chance to have all of this go away because the judge was smart enough to Jedi mind trick these people and to get them to reveal to their idiot client that, yeah, he could be charged in the future, say, for not registering as a foreign agent. And because they're dumb and he's dumb, the entire plea deal blew up. You called it a sweetheart deal. I told you not to because it's not a sweetheart deal. It was a deal to cover up the financial crimes of the president of the United States of America and the Biden family criminal enterprise. And it all would have went away because they wrapped it up into this gun charge. You know, the gun charge where Hunter Biden lied on that gun form. And it was all going to be part of that. This diversion agreement and the judge would have no ability to reject it because the feds, I mean, this is this is how sleazy this whole thing was. They put all the financial crimes, lumped it in with the gun charge in a diversion agreement that the judge had no ability to reject 
Because, look, whenever you make a deal, whenever the prosecutor, if you watch, you know, the shows and the prosecutor comes along and they make a deal, well, the judge still has to agree to it in most cases. But there are exceptions. This diversion agreement is one of those exceptions where the judge does not have the ability to reject the plea deal. I mean, it's very sometimes in criminal cases that'll happen. You know, the prosecutor will turn around and say, all right, we've agreed, uh, Your Honor, we're going to we're going to only take, uh, you know, a suspended sentence and money. And the judge has the right to turn around and go, no, I I, no, I, I, I absolutely I'm rejecting this plea deal. But this judge had no ability to do that because this was part of the gun diversion agreement. And because Hunter's so stupid and his lawyers are idiots, they let the whole thing blow up. And now Hunter's facing federal charges for all these things. But worse than that is that all the financial crimes of the president of the United States of America could theoretically all come out in trial. You know, we, we've talked about how by charging Hunter, it, 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 the, the FBI, or the DOJ is able to turn around and say the case is ongoing and we can't cooperate with you. And so some people thought right away that that was just a scam to just deny the House the ability to get the information. But they could have done that anyway, because even if you charge somebody, the case is still technically ongoing. I mean, look at Trump, for example. I've, I've told you before, I would not be surprised if the special counsel, Jack Smith, comes out and, and adds charges to Trump's indictment. You can always add charges to an indictment you can you can always do that, and 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 if the plea deal had gone forward, well, then you couldn't have not with those charges. You could have added charges outside of that, but that would have been the end of it. So you see, when they ultimately charge Hunter Biden, and then people said, "Oh, you're only charging him because you're gonna you're gonna impede the congressional investigation." Well, they were impeding it anyway. I think the only reason why they ultimately charge Hunter Biden is because this is a way that they can try to get Joe Biden out of the race. It's my theory, but. Bobolinsky is it's interesting because you know this guy he's been around these people and in October of 2020 he came out and he spoke out and he said that 10% for the big guy the big guy being Joe Biden and all this money that flowed from China and it flowed from Ukraine and it flowed from Romania and all these other things James Biden the brother, Hunter Biden, the idiot son, all this stuff. It's all there. It's all there. And the Congress can do whatever it wants as far as going after the president via impeachment. But these guys are not forensic investigators. Now, the entire time that they were looking into Hunter Biden, you had these IRS whistleblowers come forward and go, hey, this is what we do. You know, we're good at this. We find and, and we can bring down these very complicated money laundering schemes. But the Justice Department wouldn't let us. The IRS wouldn't let us. They were they were running point here for the president. They were literally blocking us. All this stuff goes back to when Joe Biden was vice president. You know, yesterday on the show, I shared with you a very important piece from The Federalist where the investigative reporter over there talks about the Ukraine overlap. And, I, I, you know, we keep hearing that this is a Republican special prosecutor and a Republican blah, blah, blah. What if this whole thing about Biden's memory is all just a giant cover up for all the corruption of the fact that as vice president, he gave access to these documents to his son for the purposes of enhancing his value to the Ukrainian energy company. Think about that for a second. These documents were everywhere. They were at the Penn Biden Center. They were at his home. They were in his garage next to the Corvette. They were at the University of Delaware. 
While the specific details in the recovered documents remain unknown, the nearly 400-page report provided an extensive enough summary of the materials to confirm an overlap in the timing and topics of Joe Biden's presidency and Hunter Biden's business enterprises. Take Ukraine. Appendix A of the report provided a table summary of the documents recovered. Many of the top secret and classified documents concerned Ukraine during this time. And during this time frame is when Hunter Biden acted as an intermediary between Burisma's owner, Mikola Zlachevsky, and the vice president. Recall that Hunter's business partner, Devin Archer, told the House Oversight Committee that in early March of 2014, he met Zlachevsky while in Moscow. And soon after, he and Hunter Biden joined Burisma's board, receiving $83,000 a month. The following month, Hunter Biden sent Devin Archer an email. It was April 13th, 2014. It was one week before Biden would go to Ukraine. And in that email, he talks about my guy's upcoming travels. And then he elaborated on 22 points about Ukraine's political situation with detailed information about the upcoming election and predicting an escalation of Russia's destabilization campaign, which could lead to a full-scale takeover of the eastern region, most critically Donetsk according to the New York Post. Now think about this for a second now. Here's this idiot crackhead son. Do you think he can come up with 22 points in detail about Ukraine's political situation all by himself? Or do you think it's more likely that when they prepared the briefing documents for the vice president in advance of his trip to go meet with the Ukrainian president a week later, Hunter had access to that stuff? I mean, this is not a new allegation. We've talked about this for a a year, maybe longer, maybe two years. There's no way Hunter Biden, crackhead idiot, snorting cocaine off strippers' backsides, is able to come up with 22 points about Ukraine's political situation. It just so happens to be that he comes up with all this right before Joe Biden goes overseas to meet with Ukraine's president. And obviously... Among the documents and material that they found, top secret and otherwise classified or confidential documents discussing Ukraine. One undated document discussed uh, discussed issues related to Russian aggression towards Ukraine. There was another one dated September 17, 2014, which consisted of a memorandum to the vice president from staff members. The subject, U.S. energy assistance to Ukraine. There was a September 17th, 2014 event memo from a vice presidential national security staffer titled Lunch with Ukrainian President Poroshenko, which was scheduled for the following day. The overlap between Joe Biden's Ukraine-related work and Hunter Biden's Burisma profiteering became more pronounced in 2015. On December 2nd, 2015, the lobbying firm Blue Star Group, which Hunter Biden had arranged to work with Burisma, wrote to Burisma. That it had participated in a conference call today with senior Obama administration officials ahead of U.S. Vice President Joe Biden's trip to Ukraine next week. The memorandum provided a summary of the conference call telling Burisma that Michael Carpenter, Vice President Biden's special advisor for Europe and Russia, and Dr. Colin Cowell, the vice president's national security advisor, presented the agenda for the trip and answered questions about current U.S. policy toward Ukraine. Two days after receiving a memorandum, Burisma executives Lachevsky and Vadim Por Pazharsky, this was December 4th of 2015, pushed Hunter Biden to call his father. 
The Burisma executives expressed concern over the pressure they were under from Ukrainian investigators. That following week is when Vice President Biden travels to Ukraine and demands that the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, be fired and used a billion dollars of taxpayer aid, our money, as a way to, to, to bribe them into firing Zlichevsky. And that's what they did, or, or, or Shokin, I mean. That's what they did, and they wound up doing that. Remember, that's the whole thing. Biden bragged about it. We played that clip a million times. You've heard it before. You know, I, was, I they said, you're not the president. I said, well, go call him. And, well, son of a gun. Prosecutors fired and blah, blah, blah. Now, I've also shared with you in the past, you know, that prosecutor, Victor Shokin, has come out and he's spoken. And he said many times, you know, I was no, I was being praised by the United States State Department for my efforts to root out corruption. I've got letters here from from the from the, the United States ambassador to Ukraine. I've got letters here from the from the secretary of state all praising me for the work I'm doing. And then I lose my job. Why? Last week, the special counsel reported recovering documents classified as secret dating around December 12th of 2015, setting forth the purpose and talking points for a call with Ukrainian president or Ukrainian prime minister Yatsenyuk. A transcript of the call between Biden and the Ukrainian prime minister was attached with a handwritten post-it note showing that the then vice president had directed his executive assistant get a copy of the conversation from the situation room for my records, please. The transcript label confidential and eyes only do not copy, according to the special counsel, included pleasantries exchanged between the two. And the prime minister heaped praise upon Mr. Biden for his December 9th, 2015 speech to Ukraine's parliament. And in that speech, Biden told Ukrainian lawmakers it is not enough to set up a new anti-corruption bureau and establish a special prosecutor fighting corruption. The office of the general prosecutor desperately needs reform. Biden continued to maintain that his demands to Ukraine fire the prosecutor, Victor Shokin, represented U.S. policy. That's what he was telling them. But the policy seemed to have made a sharp turn from just months earlier. In June of 2014, then Assistant Secretary of State for European and Eurasian Affairs, Victoria Newland, wrote Prosecutor General Shokin applauding his office's progress in anti-corruption efforts. Then U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Piat, would likely publicly state in December 2015, quote, we want to work with Prosecutor General Shokin, so the Prosecutor General's office is leading the fight against corruption. That same month, the Interagency Policy Committee asserted that Prosecutor General Shokin had made sufficient progress in combating corruption to warrant a third guarantee of a $1 billion loan, according to House Oversight Chair James Comer. Now, if you think about it, these documents that are all there, as all this is happening with Ukraine, with uh, Burisma, with all of these things and all this pay-to-play scheme and everything like this, and then the special prosecutor comes out and says Biden's memory is the problem and no jury would convict him. No jury would convict him. Okay? Thank you. But ask, ask yourself this question. If that's the case, then where are the transcripts? Show us the transcripts. Put it all out there. Green Jean-Pierre refuses to say if they'll ever be made public. See, I think this whole thing's a cover-up. I really do. And I think, I think this whole thing is a deflection. It's why you keep hearing so much about Biden's memory and Biden's cognitive uh, problems. 
I mean, you see it. You see it yourself. But instead of having to defend Biden's corruption, instead of having to defend that, they're defending Biden's memory, his mental acuity. And they'd rather be doing that than defending Biden's corruption. The other point of this, too, is that they're able to then use this if Joe Biden is going to get out of the race at some point, And I still believe he is. Well, you've set the stage for this. You certainly have. But look, I'll, I'll prove my point to you. Here's Chuck Schumer. Over the weekend, the, 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 week, the Sunday shows were not concerned with whether or not any of these classified documents ever fell into the hands of Hunter Biden or Devin Archer or anyone else involved here. They weren't concerned about that. What they were concerned about, they were concerned about was Joe Biden's memory. And the mean things that the uh, special counsel Robert Hur said in his report, the big meanie pants talking about Biden being a forgetful old man. So here's Chuck Schumer defending not the corruption. doesn't have to. He's not asked about it. Cut three. I talk to President Biden, you know, regularly, off sometimes several times in a week or usually several times in a week. His mental acuity is great. It's fine. It's as good as it's been over the years. I've been speaking to him for 30 years since we worked on the Brady Bill and the assault weapons ban when I was a young congressman <laughs> um and um he's 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 fine all this right-wing propaganda that his mental acuity has declined is wrong he's going to win the election because he has a great record because um more and more americans are seeing that record okay more and more americans are seeing that record well as part of that record and this is the big story of the day today brought to you by my buddy dr mike venaria venariadental.com get that beautiful smile you deserve from my friend and my dentist dr mike venaria part of that record is what you're paying for prices of food bill maher had jillian michaels the um fitness guru they did a podcast together it's his club random podcast and he said that concerns about inflation are misguided and Jillian Michaels sets him straight a little bit here. Cut number seven. Like it was in the paper today about this country came out of the pandemic way better. We just, we won the pandemic economically. I mean, America. God, I don't feel that way. Explain it to me. I feel like inflation's um, insane. Number. Everything. Inflation is not insane. Bill. I, I, Go buy there, a car. There's, there's numbers. I understand things, a but, house but but it has has tripled here. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I I get that people buy some eggs. feelings and then there's the numbers. Okay, what are the numbers? The, the num well, the numbers have come down a lot in the last six months. Okay, uh, it of course they were. It was inevitable when we gave out $6 trillion so that everybody could hide under the bed from the forever flu. That was never going to end well. It was taken by the richest people ever and didn't and it was, get where and it, it, and it was, to go. A lot of it was stolen. It was, it was, we agree on that, too. It was like, it, was there some response needed? Of course. You don't want the hospitals overrun. But it was a, just a massive overreaction. And that did cause some of the inflation. And she turns around and says, Bill, you know, go buy some effing eggs. I mean, go buy some effing eggs. It's expensive, but guys like Bill Maher may not feel it because he's very, very rich. But, you know, a lot of celebrities don't feel these things. You know, they don't feel the same things you and I feel because they have lots and lots of money. To Bill Maher's credit, he did call out some of those people. Liberal celebrities who vowed to flee the country under Trump. 
And um, he ripped those America bashing liberal celebrities. Like I've told you, I, you know, there's some things Bill Maher says that I think are great. Some things he says, I think he's crazy. But I, when he says something I like, I like to play it because I think he's um, a guy who reaches a very large audience. And sometimes that audience is not, it's a different audience than who we normally talk to. And I think he reaches a lot of people who are primarily Democrat leaning voters you know, and, I, and and from my perspective, if he can maybe wake some of these people up, that's a good thing. I know he hates Trump's guts. I get that. But at the same time, he's not afraid to call out Biden for being a uh, feeble-minded geezer. And he's not afraid to, I think, point out to some of these people how the left is freaking insane. You know, maybe it's helping to wake some people up. And maybe I think if those people wake up, I think that they will vote for Trump if he's the nominee, which I think he's going to be. I really do. I do believe that. Cut 15. Just like there's a there's a long list of liberal celebrities who swear they'll go if a Republican is elected and no one ever does. (laughs) Miley Cyrus once said, I am moving. If Trump is my president, I don't say things I don't mean. Here she is looking miserable, having to endure America at the Grammys last Sunday. I guess she, uh, I guess she flew back from Tajikistan. In 2016, Eddie Griffin said, if Trump wins, I'm moving to Africa. Apparently very slowly, because in Trump's four years, he only got as far as Van Nuys. Um, George Lopez once said that if Trump won, he won't have to worry about immigration. We'll all go back. George Lopez, still here. (laughs) And it doesn't look like the migrant traffic is going back. Then there's all the TikToks telling Americans things like... I think the new American dream is to leave. I'm 18 years old and I escaped America. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to escape America. That wall we're always debating isn't to keep you in. Very good point. All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zeal. Let me do a quick social media check-in. I got to thank Carrie. Um, She said, thanks for the little story about Tubin. I needed that. You crack me up sometimes. Thank you. And that's a far cry from what... Fred's sister-in-law said, who said, this segment is why I can't recommend Rich's show to some of my friends. So you see, Matt DeSantis, there's controversy, and I understand controversy, (laughs) and I'm okay with it. I mean, the Tubin stuff was funny. I don't agree. I think it was inappropriate. I really do. (laughs) Well, it was inappropriate as well, but I thought it was still funny. I think it was inappropriate. I really do. I think it's just not, and and that's why I'm not going to read... Old man Dudley's who no Paul who who said it who said can you work choke your chicken into that I, uh, is, we were not talking about chickens yeah it's a tough so, one to weave in that I don't know how you weave that in you I, know what I mean it doesn't come up conversationally it's hard to just throw that out there that would be inappropriate if I if I had found a way to weave that in and that then that would have been inappropriate <laughs> if you ask me okay. <laughs> And um, Girl Chris says, I'm both a cat and dog lover. I love all of God's creatures. I will say today that I'm a happy cat owner because I'm not trudging through slush to walk a dog. Also, please mark me as safe from toxoplasmosis, which apparently (laughs) is a parasite, not a virus. Did you know that? I never even heard of it. So, yeah, that's news to me, too. Yeah, because the parasite will stay inside you. A virus will go away eventually. I still think the best pet uh, we discovered 
is the mutant Chernobyl wolf. I agree. But I do like a good pet chicken because then you get eggs, and eggs are very expensive. And if the chicken's not behaving, you can choke the chicken like Jeffrey Tubin did. Oh, uh, yuck. Too far. Went too far. I don't condone animal abuse. We just went too far there. See? Eventually, we always do it. It's inevitable. Um, and let me uh, also one more here as we do our social media check-in brought to you by Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill where relationships matter. I just want to say that um, uh, politically astute thinker nailed it. He said, hey, Rich, shrinkflation is hitting the real estate market, too. Tiny houses are the future. Just ask Elizabeth Warren. That's true. They do have that whole show about tiny houses where people live in those really tiny houses. You ever see that on, I think it's HGTV or something? What is that? No, I've never even heard of it. Yeah, people live in houses that are um, 400 square feet, 500 square feet as a house with a family. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a whole show. I don't know if they still have it on the air or not, but um, anyway. So thank you for that uh, social media check-in. Thanks to our friends at Cherry Hill Volvo for that. And um, Char W says, Rich, Kamala, ready to serve? Yes, maybe burgers or ice cream, but not as the president of the United States. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Got that right. Now, I don't want to play this because Fred's sister-in-law isn't going to like it. She's not going to be able to recommend the show. But there is a court. I do like to talk about litigation. I do like court cases, and I do like to bring your attention to what's going on in, in, in the legal system sometimes. And we talk a lot about Trump's legal woes. We talk about Biden, you know. But what we don't talk about is a court battle that's going on where a trans partner got his cojones removed and then kept them in his fridge. And he's suing his former partner now to return them, and he's asking for $6,500 in damages. And this is being referred to as the (sighs) D's nuts court battle. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just going to say, well, yes, Henry? It's aptly named. Well, I'm just going to make the point the lawyers always win. And I say that all the time. It's one of my Zioli axioms. The lawyers always win. Am I right? This is a classic example of this because there's an attorney who's taken this case. Uh, this is from Lives of TikTok, cut 14. So in Mr. Wojciechowski's response, he admits that he possessed the medical specimen and he admits that he disposed of them. Okay. I am suing for the return of them and damages in the amount of $6,500. She had had her testicles removed. I believe if I recalled correctly, it was March 23rd and they were left in the fridge. I wanted nothing to do with it. I thought it was odd, but I tried not to judge because everybody's a little different. It's what made her happy, whatever. I want nothing to do with them. Um, I'm not one for body parts and all that stuff. It's kind of gross, actually. Um, It's part of her twisted humor, not mine. So they were in the house from March, April to... They were there from April 2022. Can I just jump in here and ask a quick question? Don't they go bad? Do they not have an expiration date on them? I guess if you keep them refrigerated, they're all right. I would think you got to keep it in the freezer. (laughs) I, I don't know. The chopped cojones, I think they, I think yeah. they belong in the freezer, don't you think? Right, yeah, because when you lose like a pinky or something, people are like, get that, get that on ice, get that on right. ice. You want to freeze it. Yeah, I mean, most serial killers keep their bodies on ice. They don't keep them in the fridge. Well, I think in the case of a pinky finger, you hope to reattach it. I, in this instance, I, I think they're removed and staying removed, so the preservation doesn't necessarily need to be as uh, 
as high quality. Well, why not put it in that like fluid that you have for like preserving other things? Like I've seen like the embalming fluid. Yeah, the embalming fluid. Mm-hmm. Where they put like a shark in it or something. They have it in like a jar. Yeah, I think they they're not just like sitting loose in the refrigerator. They're uh, in a jar filled with fluid. Uh, well, that oh, was my okay. understanding at least. I thought it was just in a Ziploc bag. <laughs> yeah, is that your assumption or is that what it says like in the in, the court filings? Yes, here? in fairness, that is my assumption, Henry. Yeah, you I didn't don't actually read the court filings, did you, Matt? I, I, I don't think you no, did. No, you've got me. I didn't take the time to read through this. Very just, thoroughly. I want to be clear here. We're all making assumptions here. I I, I would put them in the you know those uh, the ones that the the plastic uh, Tupperware things that do the burping sound so you know <laughs> it's fresh. That's what I would keep them in. If it's me, Ugh. you know what I mean. Like I got a meat sauce the other day. I did a whole short ribbon Barolo thing, twenty four hours braised, beautiful. Uh, you keep that meat nice and you know what I mean. You got to put it nice and you got to make sure the air's out so it doesn't go stale. So, do you want to hear more of this? Not really. <laughs> no, I think I think <laughs> I think I think we're good. I'll just say to Big C, thank you for your tweet, which I'm going to end this segment with. Pickled nuts. Pickled mm-hmm. nuts. It's a new flavor. I'm just saying. It's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a new flavor. Um, Okay. Uh, Anyway, let's uh, continue, shall we? We've got much to discuss before the uh, show is up. Will they impeach Alejandro Mayorkas or not? We'll hopefully find out today. I would tell you about my friends at Emmons Roofing and Siding. They're fantastic. I love the great work that Emmons does. Do you need a new kitchen or bathroom? Because Emmons will do a bathroom remodel in one day. And I can vouch for the great work they do because they remodeled my kitchen and my bathroom in our old house, did a great job. My wife was thrilled. Happy wife, happy life. She loved it. And they also handle everything. They really are the one-stop shop you need. Roof, siding, windows, doors, bathroom and kitchen remodeling, solar. Emmons does it all for you. Do you have a shore house? Well, get that shore house inspected, the roof inspected now because minor leaks now in the winter can cause very costly repairs when the warm weather hits, which it will hit again soon. Just reach out to Emmons today for a free estimate and get a free estimate for a kitchen or bathroom remodel. You don't have to worry about being inconvenienced because they can do the bathroom remodel in one day. It's great. And they are trustworthy and honest. And that's why I've used them for over six years. I love that I have a lifetime warranty on my roof. I love that they always respond to people right away. And if you've had any damage to your home with all these storms we've had, Emmons, well, they are, they are, they're the experts in this. They'll work with your insurance company to make sure the repairs are done very quickly and it's all taken care of. So reach out to them today. Just go to EmmonsRoofing.com. You can visit the Emmons Design Showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and use them just like I've used them because you can trust them. They will do a great job for you. EmmonsRoofing.com. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Oh, yeah. 
Yes, Biden bought fried chicken for a black family. That's actually a real thing that just happened. Um, No joke, folks. yeah, I mean, you know, why, why not? And there's a social media video of Biden sitting around uh, with a family eating fried chicken, but he brought a burger because he doesn't like fried chicken. Anyway, um, I'll get into that. But this this is a kind of a breaking thing here. Christopher Rufo, who does a great job for The Daily Wire, he um, uncovered a video. You know how Disney is the worst? I mean, Disney is the worst. They have gone so far left. All their stuff stinks. Right before I got on the air today, Henry was telling me about a new Marvel movie that came out that is getting, it's just completely a bomb. People hate it. I didn't even know about it. Everything Disney has done lately stinks. And there's a reason why. It's because they've injected politics into everything. And they made a very hard left turn into politics. And a lot of that has to do with when Bob Iger was chairman of Disney back in 2020. After the January 6th Capitol riot in 2021, um, he had a very, very visceral reaction. And we have the audio of this. This is uh, Christopher Rufo posted this to X a short time ago in January of 2021. Then Disney chairman Bob Iger told employees he was committing the company to taking a stand on politics because of January 6th. Take a listen. Well, I, I mean, Bob and Bob has talked about this uh, eloquently um, since he's become CEO. I'll, I'll say a couple of things about it. You know, we've tended to uh, uh, shy away from politics. Uh, and in doing so, I think we've shied away from talking about issues that aren't political at all, like the issues that we're talking about today, um, because we believe in doing so, maybe it, looked like, it looks like we're taking a stand. Well, in that reality, we should be taking a stand. I take, by the way, I, t- I take responsibility for this. I was CEO for 15 years. And so I, you know, I, I, I manage the, the company's public-facing um, processes and, and um, you know, how we were portraying ourselves. And I think that we have to be less cautious, as Bob, I think, was just alluding to, about such things and not be concerned, like just commenting about what happened in Washington last week. That's not political on our part at all. We, we know that what we saw was fundamentally wrong and that it was rooted in hatred and disrespect and contempt and intolerance. And we should feel free as a company to comment about that without retribution. And another thing I want to say that I've learned um, these last nine to 12 months is, you know, I'm very proud of a lot of the work we've done in terms of diversity inclusion on screen. When we when we did Coco, for instance, at Pixar, a great example of that or Tiana or, of course, Black Panther is one of the great examples of that. I, I, I allowed those things to make me feel a bit complacent in a sense. It's not that I, I wanted to be that way, but I thought, wow, we did Black Panther. How great are we? And it caused me to not focus as much as I should have on the culture of the company and the environment and, and, and in the voices that were telling those stories as opposed to just how they were being portrayed on the screen. Now, Bob Iger was the chairman of Disney at the time. The CEO was Bob Chapek. He would be out. Uh, and Iger is back now as CEO. But... You know, you you can understand how it is that um, the the mindset here that invades their storytelling. I mean, 
he praised himself for making Black Panther. He didn't. Disney didn't create Black Panther. Like Black Panther was a very successful comic, uh, a very very successful graphic novel, and a series of them. And Black Panther was a was a thing. But Marvel did that, not Disney. You have to remember something when when Disney acquired Marvel, they they pat themselves on the back. Like, don't you love these guys, these these white woke liberals who pat themselves on the back and go, oh, look, we made Black Panther. There were a lot of white people who went to see that movie and spent their money to go see Black Panther. Black Panther as a character was a is a sub like a very consequential character in the Marvel Universe and became one in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, too. But here he is patting himself on the back like, oh, look at me. We, we, we made Black Panther. Yeah, and you made a ton of money off it, too. You made a lot of money off of that. So did you, did, you, did you come up with that little tale yourself? No, you didn't. This is what Disney does, though. Disney will take something like that and then virtue signal. When, if you went to see Black Panther, you went to see it because you wanted to see the movie and you wanted to see the chronology of it and you wanted to be able to go and understand because it plays into the story arc of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe, which Disney has since destroyed. Luckily, it didn't destroy the first iteration because, honestly, Marvel kept Disney at bay. You know, despite Bob Iger patting himself on the back, you know, white, woke, limousine liberal here patting himself on the back for making that movie. Marvel back then was able to keep Disney o- away. You know, stay stay away from this. And the, the two brothers who really oversaw that entire franchise did a great job of making sure that the suits stayed the hell away. And a lot of people went to see Black Panther, and it was a good movie, and people went there, and it wasn't because they went there because they wanted to prove that, look, look, they can make a movie about a black action figure. I mean, there's been others, a Black Adam, for example, in the DC side of things. Um, who cares? I mean, it's, it, but, but you see what they do. You, you see what these people do. They, they, they try to use people as props is what they do. They try to, they, 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 they well, look at us. We made it. We, we turned this into a movie. It was going to be a movie. It made a lot of money for Disney, made a lot of money for Marvel. It was going to be a movie. But the point here is that they looked at January 6th and they said, we need to be making more of a stand. And then they would do it. They, they went from shying away from politics and Black Panther was made years before January 6th, and they were admitting that there was no politics in that movie. They weren't trying to inject politics into that movie. But then he turns around and he says, here, here we go. We, we got we to gotta pat ourselves on the back and push more of these, more of these diversity projects like, like Coco. Coco's another great movie. It's a very good movie. But I don't look at that movie and think to myself, wow, this is Disney's diversity and blah, blah, blah. But now... You see how they looked at stuff that they had done in the rearview mirror and said, we need to do more of that. So instead of making good stuff, they said, we need to do more of that for the purposes of just checking boxes of diversity and representation. So let's start making more of that stuff. And what did it turn out to be? Crap. Garbage. Because unlike where they started with Black Panther, which was to make a movie that was true to the to the comic, true to the story, true to the arc of how he would play in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they Coco, they made a great movie. They what Disney then decided to do after this was to say, let's start with diversity, equity, inclusion, and then go from there. They didn't do it that way with those other two movies he cited. 
But then Iger comes up with this great idea. He and Bob Chapik, they turn around, they go, here's our idea. Let's start with diversity, equity, inclusion, and then write stories around that. And let's make sure that we're taking a stand on politics as a company. And it changed the trajectory of things. I'm not saying Disney wasn't woke before this. I know they were. And that's why when Disney ultimately took over Star Wars, took over Marvel, I mean, people were very, very nervous. And rightfully so, particularly when they took over Marvel, because quite frankly, what they did with Star Wars was to basically destroy it. But that's for other reasons. That's more of a, of, of, of a, of a corporate mindset that is all about making money. And they just don't care about the quality of the product. And they don't care about the story telling and everything like this and then you understand after january 6 where that comes from it's not about good stories it's about stories that focus on the political ideas and ideologies that we want to push forward the diversity equity and inclusion that we want to push forward we make that the first thing that we're doing and give me a break you know this is this is the reason about of why disney over the last several years has gone into absolute um I mean, I mean, they've, they've lost a ton of cash. They continue to embarrass themselves with all their little diversity, equity, inclusion gotchas. And all of it. I mean, that memo of, of describing how Disney movies need to be made and how they have to do all these things and they got to show these things and they got to make sure that you're checking all these boxes. And I mean, it, 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 it's exactly what you would expect from from Hollywood, it, from Disney. I mean, really, of all places, it really is. Um, good for Chris Rufo, Chris Rufo for um, finding that out. Uh, thanks to Road Warrior for pushing this out. Michael Schellenberger has a piece that the FBI started spying on the Trump campaign after foreign governments by chance discovered evidence, evidence that his advisors were colluding with the Russians, the government says. But now multiple credible sources tell us that the CIA asked foreign allies to spy on 26 Trump associates. Michael Schellenberger, of course, is a great journalist. He, Matt Taibbi, and um, Galaxy Brain put this together. And that guy, John Brennan, who should be in prison, was really the guy behind a lot of this. Multiple credible sources tell Public and Racket that the United States intelligence community, including the CIA, illegally mobilized foreign intelligence agencies to target Trump advisors long before the summer of 2016. And it's a it's a it's a it's a long in depth understanding of what I think we we all know, which is that the the United States intelligence community, including the FBI and the CIA, it was an illegal investigation into the Trump campaign, Durham and Obama, and they were all behind these things. And this is why I've told you in the past that that we live in a police state. This country is a police state. And and do you remember when Mark Levin said that Donald Trump was being wiretapped? You remember that? Everybody made fun of him for that. Well, it's true. There was illegal wiretapping. There was illegal wiretaps that were done. We know that against Trump people. And they violated the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. We know that, too. And John Durham and John Brennan and these people should be in prison for what they did. They really should. They should be in prison. For what they did because they broke so many laws and don't forget too when obama um had these idiots brief the press on this that was to also give it credibility you know why would the president of the united states barack obama be meeting with these people and having conversations about russian collusion if there wasn't merit to it 
So that was all that. And, um, you know, not none of this should surprise you at this point. None of it. All right, coming up, will the House impeach Alejandro Mayorkas? That's the question for you. Um, Rand Paul rips the uh, Republicans who are trying to send our money to Ukraine. We got a lot to talk about in our fourth and final hour, so you better stay right there. Don't go away. But I want to tell you about Cooper. Cooper University Healthcare is South Jersey's leading academic health uh, institute for a reason. They are there for you and your family every step of the way. From the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper to the Cooper Neurological Institute, Cooper has over 75 specialties for you and your family. Baby Reagan was born at Cooper Hospital. I had my surgery, my diverticulitis surgery done at Cooper Hospital. And there's a Cooper primary care specialty location near you, and they're growing. It's great. Beautiful new campus at the Morristown Mall. And Cooper Urgent Care, where you'll see the very same providers that are on the front lines at the Cooper Emergency Department, which is a level one trauma center. They're the same people you'll see for life's everyday urgent care needs. So don't wait. Make an appointment today for your family by calling 1-800-8-COOPER or go to cooperhealth.org. Remember, from the MD Anderson Cancer Center to all of the other amazing facilities and doctors, providers at Cooper, they are there for you. Committed, compassionate, complete. Cooperhealth.org. Cooperhealth.org. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Pop the champagne course because Ukraine's getting more of our money. That's what Senator Rand Paul said on the floor of the Senate last night. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Thanks for being here today on a snowy Tuesday, our fourth and final hour on the show. And this portion of the show, this top story of the hour brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. Go see him today for that perfect smile you deserve. There is a thing about national security. I am not one of those guys, as you know, that panics over the T word, terrorist, and wants to see civil liberties taken away and the Constitution suspended and uh, you being watched and put on terror watch lists. I've told you that for years. But at the same time, I think it's just common sense to understand that we need to secure our, our border because terrorists will exploit whatever holes they possibly can to attack us. They've done this before. I mean, we, we know that they've used an open border and a and a an immigration system that was a joke to get into our country prior to 9-11. So we know this. This sheriff, I, I meant to play this last week, and I don't know if um, you've heard this yet, but forgive me if you haven't. But this sheriff went to a briefing. Um, Sheriff Richard Jones informing the media that he just recently came back from a conference in Washington, D.C. with FBI Director Christopher Wray. Biden refuses to meet with America's sheriffs. But there are more red flags with illegals coming into the United States than ever before 9-11. This is what the sheriff said. He also refuses to meet with the police chiefs of the United States. They have a hierarchy also. He refuses to meet with them to talk about border issues or talk about crime that's going on because of the border issue. We were also told 
by Mr. Ray, the FBI director, that there are more red flags going off now than before 9-11, okay? When I say red flags, meaning people that are here in this country that are wanting to do harm to us. We were also explained we're, in the, we're bombing two countries right now. Two countries. These people do not like us before this started. There's thousands of people here from other countries. 160 different countries. They're here not to be our friends. Some of them are coming because they're wanting to come here to the best country in the world, the way we see it. Some are coming here to do harm to us. And we were told by the FBI director, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. We were also told five sheriffs went... But who, but who cares? But who cares? Because as long as Ukraine gets the money, that's what we need. That as long as, is Ukraine getting the money? Yes, because that's the, that, that's the most important thing. Here's that hack fraud Mitt Romney last night, uh, as we're about to send $95 billion of our money overseas, if the Senate has it their way. But I, it, it's, it's just so important for you to understand the mindset of some of these Republicans. So important for you to understand the mindset of these Republicans. The vote we will soon take to provide military weapons for Ukraine is the most important vote we will ever take as United States senators. The most important vote we will ever take as United States senators. That's what he said. That's what he said. Now, Senator Rand Paul did not mince words. And for that reason, Senator John Fetterperson's body double called him the P word for a mail package. Rhymes with Rick. And my friend Rick is also one of those people. If you know what I mean. Anyway, uh, so yes, Rand Paul put it exactly right. This is $95 billion of our money going overseas with a majority of that, the overwhelming majority of that going to Ukraine. The overwhelming majority. And for that reason, Senator John Fetterperson's body double calls him just one P holding up the bill. Because, you know, Fetterman's body double has as much class as Fetterman does. Uh, here's Rand Paul. Open the champagne. Pop the cork. The Senate Democrat leader and the Republican leader are on the way to Kiev. They've got $60 billion they're bringing. I don't know if it'll be cash in pallets, but they're taking your money to Kiev. Now, they didn't have much time, really no time and no money to do anything about our border. We're being invaded. A literal invasion's coming across our border. 800,000 people came illegally in the last month. And all they had time to do in the Senate was get the money, get the cash pallets, load the planes, get the champagne ready, and fly to Kiev. On Friday, they will take the $60 billion to Kiev, crack the champagne, and meanwhile, each day, between five to 10,000 people come across the border illegally. Who cares? Who cares? Why, why, do, why do we care about our border? Stop it already. Stop it with our border. It doesn't matter. As long as the money goes over Ukraine's border, that's what counts. That's what matters. Don't you understand? That's what counts. Here's Chuck Schumer. Vladimir Putin is quaking in his boots. Today. We make Vladimir Putin regret the day he questioned America's resolve. And we make clear to others, like China's President Xi, not to test our determination.
Yeah, China's President Xi is really concerned now that we're about to have $95 billion more debt for our country that China's going to own. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure they're really, 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 really concerned about that right now. And Nikki Haley is annoying the hell out of me. I mean, she really is just annoying me. She's such a Republican hack, truly is. First of all, let's understand this. What Trump has said about NATO is that they have to pay up. They have to pay up. We're talking about 2% of their GDP. We are talking about countries in Europe right now who are not paying, like France, the Netherlands, Germany, Denmark, Italy, Spain, Turkey. Why are these countries not paying their fair share? Why are they not paying up? And Trump made the point, listen, when I get in there, I said, if you don't pay, you're not going to get the United States to protect you. And they all paid up. But here's the question I have. If all these countries in Europe are so worried about Putin running over and taking over their countries next, France, Netherlands, Norway, Denmark, Germany, Italy, Canada. Well, Canada's not in Europe, even though they act like Europe. Turkey, Spain. Why are, why are they not coughing up the money? Why are they not? And then, and then listen to Nikki Haley, who yesterday went on about how Vladimir Putin is going to invade Europe. Remember, remember she said that yesterday? We played this on the show for you yesterday. That Vladimir Putin... Is he's he's gonna he's gonna keep going until he winds up getting to Europe and taking over Europe. That's what Nikki Haley said. She repeated the same old party line that we've heard a million times. And that we'll be fighting Vladimir Putin. Americans will be fighting Putin. That's what we've heard now. A million times. But listen to Nikki Haley undermine her own argument about that. Take a listen. It's important for Joe Biden and Congress to tell the American people why they should care, to give them the other side. And you don't hear that. The other side is that NATO has been a 75 year success story. We have not had war in the region. And if you look, Russia has never invaded a NATO country. They've invaded Georgia. They've invaded Ukraine. They've invaded Moldova. So we want to make sure that, yes, do we want NATO to pay more? Of course we do. But the last thing we're going to do is side with a. We're not siding with, a, the, she says, with a thug like Putin. The clip got cut off at the end, but side like, with a thug like Putin. All right, so she just said Putin's never invaded a NATO country. Doesn't that undermine the argument that after Ukraine, he's going to go and, and, and invade a NATO country and start World War III with the United States of America? Did, did, did Nikki Haley not just completely undermine her own argument right there? She has been saying, and they've all been saying over and over again, that once Putin wins in Ukraine, he's going to march into Europe and he's going to, he's going to invade a NATO country. Nikki Haley just said he's never invaded a NATO country. He's never done that. So then what is all the fear about? And then if, if that fear is legitimate that he is going to go and invade a NATO country, then why can't these countries in Europe cough up their 2% GDP to pay for NATO? How, I, what are we missing here? What am I missing in all this? It's incredibly frustrating to me to think about the fact that uh, we're being told that all our money has to now go overseas to go over into Ukraine's border. This has to happen. And if we don't do that, then it's going to be the fall of Europe and then United States of America fighting, fighting with Vladimir Putin in Europe. I don't understand Honestly, how you can make that argument and then at the same time say NATO is so important because Putin's never invaded a NATO country. Now, bills in the legislature, bills that come before the Senate, don't have pictures or covers on them like a book would have or a magazine. But if this bill had an image or a cover on the front of the bill, the image would be the migrant in New York who assaulted a police officer, was freed from jail 
on no bail and gave the middle finger of both hands to America. That's what this bill is. It's the middle finger to America. This bill is the middle finger to every working man and woman in America, every struggling American family. This bill gives them the middle finger and says, we don't care about you. We care more about Ukraine than we care about our southern border. That's exactly right what Senator Rand Paul said. Exactly right. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It does not matter because the the reality is, and you know as well as I do, oh, there was also an image of a guy sitting on a garbage can uh, dropping, a, dropping a deuce. You know what I mean? Taking a, dropping a bomb. Yeah, my buddy sent that to me. Dude just sits there on a garbage can, uses it as his personal bathroom, does proceed to wipe himself. But I asked my friends, I said, where does he go to wash his hands? And the answer, of course, was one of the many, many COVID purification stations that, of course, New York City has around the, the city of New York. It's just it, it, the whole thing is, is a joke. It's a joke. And yet you and I have to sit here and pretend like it's fine with our money going overseas, because if not, it's going to be World War Three. And if you disagree with that, you're just you just want Putin to win. You're just you just want Putin to win. I'm so I'm so tired of the fact that I you and I have to be called Putin apologists simply because you don't want to see our money to continuously go overseas. Now, the other point, too, that I want to make is that if, in fact, if, in fact, we believe that Vladimir Putin is going to march into Europe and invade Europe and he must be stopped now, don't you think Congress should pass a resolution and authorize the United States of America to do whatever's necessary to stop him. Because you know what? All this money is not doing it, clearly. So then shouldn't the Congress have a debate, as per Article One of the Constitution, and establish that a declaration of war exists between the United States and Russia? And if you don't want to go that far, then at least authorize the United States of America to do whatever is necessary to stop Vladimir Putin from winning in Ukraine. I'm just I'm just I'm I'm asking I'm asking the question because if we do not really believe if we don't really believe that Vladimir Putin is going to invade Europe and take over, then all of this is just a scam to get more money into the hands of the defense industrial complex. And if we really do believe it, then that is a grave existential threat that needs to be stopped right now. So which is it? Which is it? Have the debate. Have the debate. And then let the American people decide. But I'm telling you right now, there is no doubt in my mind that we are being played here for suckers. We are being played for suckers by these people. The military industrial complex has to eat. And this money for Ukraine, as Marco Rubio said, it's basically going to go back to us. This is going to go buy weapons that we're going to send to Ukraine. So it's going to be money that goes to the defense industrial complex. But if, the, if, if all this Ukraine aid is not stopping Putin... If that's not going to do it, and because you know they're going to be asking for more, and and this is such a grave existential threat where my children are one day going to be fighting Russia in World War III, then let's have that debate, let's have the conversation, and then let's take a vote, up or down vote, if the United States of America should do all it can to stop Vladimir Putin now by making sure he loses in Ukraine. Oh, but they're not going to have that debate now, are they? And the answer is no, because they don't really believe it. We don't really believe it. That's the bottom line. 
All right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, you want to lose some weight? You want to feel great? You want to do what you can? Well, it's in your hands with NJ Diet. And this is the beautiful thing. NJDiet.com, baby. Oh, it's great. It's guaranteed. Guaranteed weight loss of 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days time with NJ Diet. You get the doctor's personal email, the doctor's personal phone number. They are there for you every step of the way. And there's an NJ Diet near you. Just go to NJDiet.com or call them at 855-5NJ-DIET. Do you realize now pitchers and catchers report to spring training like any minute now? Spring is right around the corner. In a couple weeks, we are going to be springing ahead, along with the doomsday clock. Springing ahead an hour, and the days are going to get warmer, and the the, the sweaters and the clothes, the big bulky clothes are gone. So look and feel your best with NJ Diet. Lose the weight guaranteed. No shots, no hormones, no side effects. All those drugs and the shots and the surgeries and everything have all kinds of complications and side effects. So you don't want to deal with that. You want to lose weight the old natural way. And NJ Diet works because it uses your biochemistry, your unique biochemistry to target the fat burning system of your body. So you lose the weight for good and you keep it off too. 855-5-NJ-DIET or NJDiet.com and lose the weight for good. The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. It's still the economy stupid. Yes, it is. It's the economy stupid. You know it, and I know it, and the economy's not good. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Our fourth and final hour on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for being here today. I, you know, it's uh, it's amazing to me. And we think about everything we're talking about when it comes to Biden's memory and Biden's lack of cognitive abilities and everything else. The real question becomes, is this all just a giant scam or has Biden really lost his mind? And I think you know the answer to that. Biden's lost his mind. Everybody knows this. We've all know that Biden lost his mind. Um, but the economy is what's going to keep Biden from getting reelected no matter what. No matter what. It is, it is the economy because the economy stinks. And we are sending more of our money overseas. And the American people know this. And the American people don't like this. The American people are really, really tired of this. And so when you think about the question of whether or not, whether or not Joe Biden is competent, fair to be able to stand trial, or if this is all just, in fact, another scam to try to get him out of the race because they know he's going to lose. If he is, if he does not have the memory, I said this to you last week, if it's 25th Amendment bad, then why are they not using the 25th Amendment to remove him? If he's that elderly, that, that senile, he can't, he can't remember what freaking day it is, when his son died, what, you know, what he had for breakfast. Why are we letting that man in charge of the nukes, especially if Vladimir Putin could start World War III? Are we going to we're going to prosecute him and have the same standard of justice or are we going to remove him under the 25th Amendment? That's the question. That's the question. And I think it's a really good question that needs to be answered. Open the champagne. Right. Pop the cork. As we open the champagne and pop the corks, giving more money to Kiev, giving more money to Kiev. I just love that line from Rand Paul. Open the champagne and pop the corks. But it is the economy, stupid. I've told you that many, many times. And you cannot hide these inflation numbers, as we talked about earlier with our buddy, Dr. E.J. Antoni. You can't hide these inflation numbers. 
Just listen to CNBC here. Headline number expected to be up two tenths of a percent is up three tenths of a percent. That's the hottest since SEP of 23 when it was up four tenths of a percent. Strip out food and energy, even hotter. Up four tenths of a percent, also one tenth hotter than expected. Up four tenths of a percent. Well, you equal that going to May of last year. You surpass it going to April of last year when it was up 0.5. The year over year numbers also hotter. 3.1 on headline year over year. We're expecting 2.9, but did make progress versus the rear view mirror, which stands at 3.4. Now, that's the consumer price index. Hotter than ever. Consumer price index hotter than ever. That means you're paying more for things. That's what he's saying. You're paying more for things. You and I both, but you know the reason why. It's because COVID, right? Because COVID. It's February 2024, but it's still COVID. COVID's the reason why you're paying more, just so you know. The Washington Post is reporting that the CDC is expected to shift its COVID isolation guidance, uh, saying that you don't have to isolate once you're fever-free for 24 hours and symptoms are mild and improving. Does the White House feel this is long overdue? So, look, I I saw that reporting. I want to be really careful because CDC is going through their process. They're going to decide the guidelines, so I don't want to get ahead of that. Uh, So let's let's let uh, CDC go through their process. I just don't want to Get ahead of them. Uh, because we may we may need we may need isolation policies in place and we may need mail balloting in place. So we're not we're not gonna we're not we're not just there yet. We're not we're not quite there. We're really not there. Just understand that we're not there. Uh what about inflation? You know, is it is it picking back up considering that the consumer price index is through the roof? You think it's picking back are you concerned, Corinne Jean Pierre, White House Inflation, Finland? um I know you were asked about it earlier, but are we concerned that maybe perhaps... There are elements of the report, food, shelter, services, that all kind of accelerated, certainly above estimates. And I'm wondering, um, you said the economy was in a much different place. Is there any worry that inflation might actually be picking back up and that we could see sort of a... So we have concerns, basically. Uh, um, look, um, and you, you've heard... Um, Jared say this from this podium uh, and many others who are part of our economic team is that we we certainly we look at trends that is something that we do here and not read too much to to you know to uh, data from one month that is how we operate here uh, and others do as well uh, but we certainly understand that there's more work to be done to lower costs that is something that we're aware of uh, and so certainly not going to get into forecasting from here. Uh, we're going to c- try and continue to make co- progress in lowering uh, infl- in lowering uh, uh, inflation uh, as we transition to a steady and stable uh, stable economic growth, which you hear us speak to that uh, very often. And so what I will say is uh, inflation is down two-thirds from its peak. Core inflation is the lowest since May 21st. Prices fell over the last year, as I mentioned before, gas, milk, and eggs, uh, all important products that matter to, uh, uh, to the American people. And we know that rental inflation has slowed, but it takes a while to show up and see. Oh, why. is that what and it so, is? So, look, that's what we say. We look at the trend. We see how how the economy is moving, uh-huh. uh, and we don't focus on a one month uh, one month data. And so, I think that's what's important here. But we're also going to do continue to do the work to lower costs. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, uh, what we're going to do is we're going we're to yell at corporations and, and blame them for shrinkflation. That video of Biden going on there and saying, I don't like the fact that my ice cream's smaller. Uh, it's shrinkflation. It's corporate greed. Dominic Pino at National Review had a great piece on this. He said, the chip bags have more air in them now. Back in my day, they filled those things to the brim. Well, Joe Biden didn't say those words, but that was the impression he gave with a new video that he posted on social media. Just to remind you of what he said on Super Bowl Sunday. The Super Bowl Sunday. 
If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. Let's make sure businesses do the right thing. All right, so businesses have to do the right thing. Okay, this is this is the big scam here now. Businesses have to do the right thing. Biden was complaining about shrinkflation, a practice that some companies use to raise prices. A price is a ratio with the number of dollars in the numerator and the amount of the good in the denominator. For example, a dollar for one gallon of water. One way to raise the price is to increase the numerator, let's say to $2 for one gallon. But it could be mathematically equivalent to keep the numerator the same and decrease the denominator instead. That would mean a dollar for a half gallon of water. Either way, if you want a gallon of water, you have to pay two bucks. Companies are are rarely that flagrant with shrinkflation. Instead, shaving a tiny amount off and trying to keep the price the same. It's one way companies keep up with the market. It's perfectly legal, so long as they update their packaging and honestly report the contents. Notice that Joe Biden was not alleging that the companies are breaking the law. Yet the President of the United States has decided it would be a good use of his time to harass food companies about their prices, despite also claiming that he has inflation under control. Because you heard Green Jean-Pierre say that. No, no, we're, we're watching this. We're watching this, but it's under control. Biden, Biden's been complaining about this is going all the way back to 2021, about uh, shrinkflation. It's peculiar for the president to be recycling news stories from two or more years ago and in doing so draw attention to his own poor record on inflation. Companies don't want to bother their customers with shrinkflation. Sometimes they have to, though, in response to the poor monetary and fiscal policy that spurs inflation. See, Washington is causing all this. It's not corporate greed because then somebody would turn around and go, here's my jumbo ice cream and undercut everybody else. Grocery stores are not, are not, they're not all in cahoots here to try to rip you off because they're always trying to compete with each other to give you the best prices. But inflation forces are real. As Dominic Pino points out, the Federal Reserve pursued an, an expansionary monetary policy for much too long during COVID, which was out of Biden's control. But he piled on with the American Rescue Plan Act, which involved nearly $2 trillion of completely unnecessary government spending, but even left-leaning economists warned would be inflationary. And as the federal government continues to run massive budget deficits, the Fed will continue to feel pressure to monetize the new debt by increasing the money supply further in the future. Naturally, some companies redesign their packaging to reduce the quantity of their products and cut costs. That's what we should expect them to do in response to poor government policy that spurred inflation. For the president to now attack them for doing that years after the fact is bizarre. By going after chip bags specifically, Biden is tapping into an old consumer complaint that has been debunked numerous times over the years. Chip chip bags are inflated not with air but with nitrogen which helps protect the chips from breaking in transit and helps preserve their freshness. Chip bags are measured measured by weight, not by volume. Nitrogen is essentially weightless. So putting more nitrogen in the bag does not allow chip companies to reduce the amount of chips. When companies reduce the amount of chips, they do so straightforwardly by changing the weight listed on the bags. 
the FDA already regulates slack fill. That's the proper term for the empty space and packaging. This being America, there have been numerous class action lawsuits against food companies for slack fill. To avoid such lawsuits, companies err on the side of filling bags slightly above their listed weights. When the lawsuits are brought, they almost never go to trial because courts sensibly don't want to be in the business of defining what the right size of packaging should be for a product. Slack fill lawsuits are usually more of a make work program for trial attorneys than they are genuine consumer complaints. Inflation isn't a corporate conspiracy. It's a product of poor monetary and fiscal policy. Biden says he's beating inflation, but apparently he wants to make it an issue again. So it's worth reminding him of the facts. Excellent piece. Here's a story from a few years ago. Half empty boxes of milk duds, underfilled halo. People keep suing over slack fill in food. Have you ever opened a can of tuna to find not very much tuna or a box of milk duds to find, in your own opinion, not enough milk duds? How about a carton of Halo Top synthetic ice cream filled only two thirds of the way to the top? We've all had our disappointments. Pasta, potato chips, Mike and Ike's raisin, that's butterscotch going on and on and on. Uh, This law firm in San Francisco, Keller Heckman, they specialize in defending food manufacturers and food companies in these class action lawsuits. He says um, they, it's becoming so increasingly common. He says the first thing is that there actually are these slack fill cases, and then San Francisco is a hotbed for them. The slack fill cases are always class action lawsuits because by themselves they wouldn't have any power. You'd only be claiming that basically one bag is not full or one container is not full. The power is in the number of sales. They are about slack fill or rather non-functional slack fill. Every container has some amount of slack fill. The problem is non-functional slack fill where there doesn't seem to be a purpose for that size of a void in there. You think to be more product and less space. The weight is always accurate. If it says there's two pounds in there, there's two pounds, probably a little bit more. But if the container is designed to hold four pounds and there's only two pounds in there, obviously it's only 50% full. The container is larger than necessary for the amount of product that's in there, so it gives a deception of how much there is. It's always accurate by weight. has to be by law. And that's how people defend their cases. The classic one people think of is movie theater candy. You see big boxes of milk duds or jujubes or raisinettes. Raisinettes are my go-to, by the way. Love me the raisinettes. And when you buy it, you don't get to touch it first because it's in a glass case. You go into the theater and you're like, wow, how come there's not a lot of candy in here? And the reason, of course, why they do that is they make it look really, really big. But if you hold it up and you look at it, you realize that the weight is what the weight is. And then you have things like when Chris Christie took a little bit, uh, a big box of M&Ms, took a bag, a little bag of M&Ms, you remember, at a a baseball game? And filled the big box of M&Ms with the little M&M package. People do that sometimes. But California is very litigious. There's a lot of food companies and candy companies out in California, beverage companies out there as well. And that's why they constantly are going after them with class, with class action lawsuits. And that's what they do over and over again. So Biden is just playing. He sound, you know what it is? Biden's sounding like a class action lawyer right now. That's what it is. He's sounding like a class action lawyer going after this issue. These lawyers hire people who go out and find things for them and say, go over to the grocery store, see if you see anything that's slack-filled, and then start a lawsuit. And they hope to just get paid off, and that's the end of it. Well, I also told you about that guy who's suing combos, right, because he says there's not enough cheese in there. I mean, there's always a lawsuit for everything. But for the president of the United States of America to come out and to attack this stuff just shows you how freaking desperate this guy is. 
It is the economy, stupid, and everybody's talking about the economy, and you know and I know that the economy is first and foremost on people's minds. I went grocery shopping today. I did the grocery shopping today. I do it all the time in my house. And I'm shocked. I'm shocked all the time whenever I, I get to the checkout, and I know you are too. And the woman or man, whoever's ringing it up because I try to go to a person and actually have a conversation with them, well, when I, I, I look at them and we have the conversation, they say the same thing. And what they say is that they can't believe how expensive things are either because they're also paying for these prices. But CNBC acknowledging it was just a lousy month when it came to inflation. You know, just a lousy month. What are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do? This issue we talked about, about these beginning of the year price increases uh, is something uh, that is that drove uh, inflation this time around. Uh, a lot of uh, big increases in medical costs. You had uh, medical care up 0.7 uh, motor vehicle insurance off up 1.4 hospitals um, up as well. You didn't you didn't get much. Uh, you got a little relief from the used car world. You had food prices up. It was uh, just a lousy month when it came to inflation and of course real earnings also declined uh in the month uh worth pointing out i, I think the other big 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 issue here the, the other big big issue here is that the economy stinks food prices are up food prices are up and that's what's hurting people the most and let's not forget housing prices can you find a house can you find a home if you want one all right we got a lot more to chat about are they going to impeach mayorkas that's the question for all of us here on our fourth and final hour don't go away Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. Will Taylor Swift swing the election for Joe Biden? Bill Maher is convinced, by the way, that she can do it. But I don't care because I'm so tired of talking about Taylor Swift. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Great to have you on our fourth and final hour. A lot going on as we are watching with bated breath of the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. And hopefully that will be happening very, very soon. Trump has filed an emergency appeal, as I mentioned earlier, with the United States Supreme Court for a uh, intervention on his immunity claim. And the Supreme Court has now given the special counsel, Jack Smith, one week to respond. He has to respond to the attempt to delay the trial by January 20th. So that will be coming very, very soon. So pay attention to that as well. It's amazing how much of this stuff is going on, huh? It really is. Meanwhile, back in Washington, manufacturers are saying that energy-saving efforts are pushing the limits of physics. Gas stoves, dishwashers, and dryers. It is the growing energy battle over appliances. And I don't know about you, but have you tried lately to wash your dishes and stuff doesn't come out super clean or you, you, you use a dryer and it feels like it's going on for longer and longer than ever? And this is the problem right now. An industry group says appliances are far more efficient than versions sold a few decades ago, and some can't improve much more without harming performance. It wants evolving technology to drive the standards, not government timetables, because the government keeps putting timetables on things. They said the reality of the law of physics that requires some amount of energy and water for home appliances to keep food cold and to, and to clean and dry clothes and dishes has to be recognized, said Kevin Messner, chief of, Farm, chief of policy for the Association of Home Appliance Manufacturers. And, you know, bed bugs, which we talk about bed bugs all the time, and the fact that Philadelphia has got a lot of bed bugs, well, guess what? That's because they don't die because you don't get the water hot enough to kill them when it comes to sheets and things like that. 
Andrew Delasky of the Appliance Standards Awareness Project, which advocates for greater energy efficiency, said government pressure is necessary to keep the breakthroughs coming. When a new standard goes into effect, manufacturers and their engineering team have an incentive to develop a higher level of efficiency because there will be a market demand for it. For decades, home appliances weren't subject to federal efficiency rules. In 1987, President Ronald Reagan signed the National Appliance Energy Conservation Act, which established minimum standards. Ronnie, why did you do it? Why? Why did you do that? Ah, oh, it breaks my heart to find it. It was you. I knew it was you, Reagan. I knew it was you. The Energy Department is obligated to revisit them periodically with new proposals coming six years after the previous rules were completed. I have um, an old fridge in our house that we when we bought it was with the original with the house the house was built in like 89 or something so it's a sub-zero and that's not the kind of fridge we would normally have uh the money to buy but it's not going anywhere because my buddy ray who's a member of the zioli army came to the house and tuned it up and he said you keep this thing for as long as possible because nowadays refrigerators are blowing up because of all the chemicals they put in them. Well, look on the side of the fridge. There's a whole big thing about cy- cyclotycholine or whatever it is. And it'll blow up. Biggest mistake I made once was when we redid our kitchen, I got rid of old appliances. I mean, everybody does that, right? Because they want stainless steel and they want things to look nice. And but mistake. Because the dishwashers and the and the washing machines and the refrigerators and all those things of, of bygone of bygone era, those things work. And the reality is too is that all this stuff doesn't cut your utility bills by all that much. It really doesn't. But as the standards have grown more demanding, the industry has kept pace with, through technical advances. New compressors and refrigerators, which are better at keeping consistent temperature. More sophisticated termination controls that stop close when the dryer's uh, done. I appreciate that because there's less shrinkage. Dishwashers have better motors and pumps and now need only three and a half gallons of water per load, which means water heaters don't need to use as much energy to warm the spray. I don't know about you, but it seems to me as if nothing gets hot enough to really clean the clothes. In my opinion, I don't think so. And I think if you look at the, the what they say in terms of a modest return once the updated standards are in place, those who buy a standard size refrigerator could be $51 to $143 ahead at the end of its expected 14.5-year lifespan once the higher price is offset by lower energy bills. You're going to be 50 bucks to 150 bucks ahead when the thing's dead. Think about that. The Appliance Manufacturers Association said it supports the federal efficiency standards, but is lobbying Congress to change a six-year time clock. I'm just saying, I think that the nonsense about climate change has to stop because we are turning now, we now have appliances that just don't work as well as they used to. And this is a problem. I was reading this whole thing about refrigerators and the compressors. And the insulation, the sensors, and everything else. But a lot of the stuff, a lot of the refrigerant, freaking can blow up. It can blow up. I don't want my fridge blowing up, all right? I mean, that is one way to lose weight, though, if your fridge blows up. I'm just saying. I, it's just, I'm, I'm just pointing it out. It's just a way that you can keep you know, weight off. My mother used to have a thing where you'd go in and then it would um, like mow at you. They'd have a little pig in there. And you open up the fridge door and it would start mooing uh, or oinking. You know, moink or oink, whatever it is. Yeah. By the way, um, I don't I don't particularly think that uh, these things 
are very efficient and they wind up being a gigantic pain in the neck. And if the EPA has their way, uh, it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse. Speaking of the special counsel investigation, will we ever get the transcripts behind Robert Hur and the investigation into Joe Biden and all these classified documents, which, as I told you yesterday, has a lot to do with Ukraine? Will we ever get the transcript and the recordings? Today, the White House Femba, Karine Jean-Pierre, was asked about that. Now, we should. If justice is fair, Joe Biden will be charged. If Joe Biden is not competent to stand trial, then Joe Biden is not competent to be president. Then Joe Biden needs to be removed using the 25th Amendment. And Joe Biden needs to retire, go to pasture, take him out. But you know as well as I do, this is actually just a cover-up for the fact that all these classified documents were probably in Hunter Biden's hands as Joe Biden used all this to elevate the company crime family, the Biden crime family. This is Corrine Jean-Pierre. Committee chairs have sent a letter to the attorney general asking for for the release of the transcripts and recordings related to her investigation. Given your insistence that the special counsel's characterizations of the president's demeanor uh, were inaccurate, are you eager for this material to be made public? Do you support their release? Well, look, and I just want to be really clear, it's not just us. There was also bipartisan voices and illegal illegal experts who have said it was flatly wrong, right? It was was gratuitous. It was inappropriate how that was characterized characterized in 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 uh, the special counsel's report if it was gratuitous and inappropriate that biden's a doddering old man then the white house should demand that biden stands trial but isn't that the right answer and turn around and say no, no no we want him to stand trial charge him we're actually asking for the special counsel to charge him because we want to be we want to be fair is it which is it you want to use it to avoid prosecution but at the same time you don't want to say he's a doddering old man well you can't have both can you I will add that this was a 15-month investigation uh, that interviewed 150 witnesses, examined 7 million records, and cost $3.5 million of the tax taxpayer money. $3.5 million taxpayer dollars. They explored every theory and found that there was no case to be made. Because uh, Joe so- Biden can't stand trial because he's incompetent, because he's, because he's a, an elderly old man who hides his own Easter eggs. Or is he not? In which case then, because this report was scathing, then why don't you demand that Joe Biden stand trial? House Republicans wasted their time, our waste continue to waste their time, and they're not being serious to do this. Just show job. us the transcripts. I just went back and show us the transcripts. About, you know, this important piece of uh, piece of legislation that just came out of the Senate in a bipartisan way to deal with our national security concerns. And they're not doing their job. They're saying, obviously, Speaker Johnson is saying he's not going to move forward with that. So we want them to pass that. We want them to pass legislation to help secure the border uh, and work with on the real issues. Uh, for any other specific on the, uh, the transcript or anything related to that, the letter, I would certainly refer you to my colleagues. So you won't say, given that you think the report is flatly wrong and gratuitous, you can't say if you want the material to be made public if the American people No, what I can say, it's being, they're discussing it, they're looking at it, there's a process that's involved, and so the White House counsel obviously has taken these questions from all of you, and so they're looking into it. I just don't have anything further to say. It makes me think that if it's gratuitous and it's wrong and everything like this, the conclusion is that Biden's a doddering old man who can't stand trial because he's hiding his own Easter eggs, you'd want to release it. You'd want to let everybody see it. You'd want us all to know about it. Biden won't take a cognitive test with his physical. So which is it? Is it is it that the report was gratuitous? Show us the report. Show us the transcripts. Show us everything. 
But they want to have it both ways. And that is the infuriating part. Have a great rest of your night tonight. The great one, Mark Levin, is up next. Keep the conversation going on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for listening. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.